Yes, sir, we promised you a great man. Oh, here. Andre, the China. WrestleMania. Hulkamania is running wild. Yes. My God, what a What's up, guys? Welcome to 30 and Nerdy Podcast. I am joined this evening by the doctor himself, J.D., Lucy Juicy, Josh Davis. How are you, Doc? Uh, doing pretty well, man. How you doing, brother? I'm good. A little tired. A little tired. I've had a day off, but I've spent it all doing laundry and housework and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, like you do. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like you do when you're an adult. Yep, I know it. I know it all too well. Uh, I feel you on that. I'm pretty tired too. For some reason, this this week's been very draining. Like, come home tired, go to bed tired, wake up tired, go to school tired. Mm-hmm. And with the job that I have now, which I'm so so thankful for, it requires a lot more energy than previous jobs. Which a, a teacher of anything, it requires in, energy to you know yeah. work with kids all day. But, you know, running around the theater and showing them different ways to do their scenes or their skits or, or whatever, it really does take a lot out of you. But I love it and I'm thankful for it. So it's a it's a tired that tells me I've done a good job, ha- I've put in a good day's worth, doing. and I'm happy with what I'm doing. So I'll take it. I'll, I'll take it. But that being said, I am very much looking forward to the summer. Well, this episode is going to be all about WrestleMania. But before we get to those, the fun little bit, let's get to a little business first. First off, we are all over social media. 30 and Nerdy Pod on Twitter, 30 and Nerdy Podcast on Facebook, but I'm not going to sit here and name them all. You can go to 30andnerdypodcast.com. And if you go to episodes you can see all the previous episodes all the previous nerdcabulary words are up there the directory where you can find us all over social media and all that fun stuff and also uh all all the things that we support uh causes that that we support as a podcast like uh the black lives matter movement uh, the 501st legion disabled veterans what have you we support quite a bit and we know that there's a lot of turmoil going on in the world today. We want to be an escape from that turmoil. That's why I thoroughly enjoy doing this. So 30nerdypodcast.com, that's going to show you anything and everything you can learn about the show. Also, go to podchaser.com. We've got a lot of great ratings and reviews lately. Thank you so much to all the people who have been on Podchaser reviewing the the show, letting us know what you like, what you want to hear more of, hitting that five star, it really means a lot. Uh, Before we get into the show, in the midst of of sending you the invite, my friend, to to this, this, this room that we're in, this Zoom room, a little breaking news that I am giddy, giddy, giddy about. Exclusive. Wolverine anthology series yeah. and early development for Disney Plus. Yeah, I, I saw something. Oh, about that. 
the most popular, I mean, you can say arguably, but it's no argument. The most popular mutant of the entire franchise yeah. is the first one we're getting name dropped in works at Disney Plus. And I think it's smart to start out with yeah. Wolverine. Yeah, and name recognition. It's going to get the people, the masses coming mm-hmm. for Wolverine, introduce them to the whole X-Men franchise. So is this meant to be like a live action show? Like what we've been getting with all we know of Falcon right now. And no, they have not cast him. They have right. not cast him right now. That we know so of. That we know of. Um, I have not gotten the email from Feige to play him yet. So we have not cast him. Um, I'm still crossing my fingers though. Still crossing my fingers. But the, from the looks of the news it's an anthology series of like wolverine through the ages okay so it could easily be part animated part live action part comic book different actors portraying him differently oh that would be cool hey there's an idea uh yeah but that's also uh more opportunities for them to get it wrong which you don't Mm -hmm. want so Mm -hmm. but you know that would be an interesting and creative way to do it like a different uh, portrayal every time yes yeah and it could be kind of like a trial like whoever gets the most love they're going to move forward as the <laughs> mcu wolverine you like, win the role you've, yeah. you've won the royal rumble of x-men wolverine characters and you're going to move forward the rest yeah, of you, they, thank you for your time they can make it a, a competition show like ink masters it's like you do not have what it takes to play Wolverine. Please pack up your claws and It's just go. called Disney Plus Presents Weapon X. <laughs> it's just them trying to find the perfect Wolverine. I picture people living in a house together. All these people <laughs> trying to play Wolverine and like practicing in the mirror. Hey, bub. That's <laughs> it. Why are we not working for marvel that's what i want to know because we got this great idea for a reality mm-hmm. show right here it, it's gonna take the world by storm kevin make, feige make i'll zillions. be waiting on my phone call it'd make zillions oh yeah it'd be the number one rated show forget mandalorian forget no. division this no. would be the new child's play show child's play absolutely we get calls from all these people like Warner Brothers would call us and be like, hey, you'd had this success. What would you like to do with us? And I'd say, uh, hashtag restore the Snyderverse. That's one thing that we could do, and we'd happily do it. But I'm excited, Cam- man. The campaign lives on. It does. Now. And it's picking up a lot of steam. That restore the Snyderverse, there's, I've, I've went down the rabbit hole, and I've joined a restore the Snyderverse Facebook group. Right. Of over a hundred something thousand people in it. <laughs> is is anyone opposed to it other than the WB people or whoever it is? Nobody's really opposed to it except for them. Do they just not like money? I mean, what? Yeah. What's the problem? I think they see it as they a loss to us if they if they or a loss to Zack Snyder. They feel that they have their finger to the pulse more than its fans. So. That makes a lot of sense. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. But I'm excited about the X-Men news. This is the first to really get us stewing mm-hmm. about X-Men. Because yeah. we know they're coming. Yep. Feige's even said they are coming. Yep. We just did not know. This is like that little bleep 
under the surface that then will get the surface. So I'm extremely excited that they're starting with Wolverine. An anthology series I think is brilliant. Gives us different historical moments to educate as well as entertain. Wouldn't it be so cool if they had been working on this and developing this since the buyout and it's been hush hush. And it's like one day, like remember when Beyonce did the whole like, Hey, here's an album. Mm-hmm. Lots of people have done that. Avenged Sevenfold did that, uh, but mm-hmm. Beyonce most notably, I guess. Like, one day you turn on your Disney Plus, boom, Wolverine anthology series. No promotion, advertisement, nothing. Just drop it, you know? And then let us do the talking. Exactly. Why not go for it? Why not try something like that? Oh. Wouldn't that be cool? That'd be really cool. I bet it'll never happen, but that's something that if I were like, you know, if I had the authority to do something like that. I'd be willing to try it. I mean, it's not like people aren't going to watch it no matter what, no matter how you do it. A Wolverine anthology series is going to be big. So, yeah, that's just It'd me. Be even crazier if one episode they snuck Hugh in to tell a Wolverine story. Oh, you have to. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It'd and he crazy. likes money. So, I, you know, he'd do it. I think they own everything now under that banner. So they could tell early Wolverine all the way up to old man Logan. They can do whatever they want. So, I mean, the stories are endless that Wolverine has. I mean, you can maybe even bring ban- bring in Ruffalo to do a Wolverine versus Hulk. Yeah. That'd be- that would be, yeah. Oh, that would be awesome. I heard someone talk about that a couple of years ago. Maybe it was Ruffalo who was like saying he wanted to do that. But that's the perfect cool. spot for it. You're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, they could do anything they wanted. They could do space Wolverine, alien Wolverine, female Wolverine, uh, you know, Wolverine in different races, different languages, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like the possibilities are endless. They could even do the Wolverine that you got me a pop of for my birthday. Yeah. The Luchador uh, Marvel characters. That's uh, actually, hang on. Let me show you something. I was at the mall. uh like two weeks ago and mm-hmm. i went in that cm games cm store. games yeah and hold up okay so i had to get this this is stuffed luchador Ooh, spidey and luchador venom venom so yeah, the whole Luchador uh, Marvel characters—that's sort of picking up. They did a whole line of pops on them. They could do a cartoon or or something like that. Absolutely, I think that'd be cool. I think it'd be awesome. Uh, but you know, I'm I'm I don't doubt. I mean, we joke, and many podcasters joke. Even Kevin Smith himself, Feige does the Lord's work at Marvel for yeah. the likes of us and. Yeah doesn't really ask for anything in return except for us to watch it and he hasn't really given me anything i mean obviously we can talk about you know in the mcu movies that are lower on our scale but not hated the worst mcu movie is still pretty pretty good or pretty okay you know at the least mm-hmm. so no complaints still rewatchable oh yeah for sure i'm like uh, that stuff before the mcu which still to this day i cannot rewatch. i haven't tried it in a long time but before mcu i never complained about it you know yeah. i was just happy, happy to have it, it you yeah. know so 
but I see what I, I see what you mean. Yeah. The only unwatchable Marvel thing for me so far has been the most recent Fantastic Four. Oh, the one that we don't speak of. Yeah. The only movie I've ever walked out of. Yeah, that's right. You told me that. I fell asleep. But it was a pretty good ways in. So it's not like, oh, you know, you slept through the whole thing. How do you know it's bad? No, I knew it was bad. (laughs) Well, I just wanted to talk about that little bit of news before we got into what the show is actually about. So what do you say, Juice? Are you ready? I'm ready. No, I said, are you ready? Then, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, 30 and 30 podcast presents to you our recap of WrestleMania 37. It's time to nerd up. Or shut up. Let's get dangerous. Welcome to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast, the flagship show of Badcast Company Productions. Thirty and Nerdy Podcast is an alternate reality radio show, a member of the Legion of Independent Podcasts, and part of the Council of Nerds. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Reach out using the hashtag 30andNerdyPod. You can also find us and other amazing podcasts at podchaser.com by searching The Apocalypse and Pod Nation. Got something to say? Email us at 30andNerdyPod at gmail.com. Or check out the website at 30andnerdypodcast.com. Now, sit back, crank it to 11. The nerds are here. WrestleMania 37. Tampa. We were supposed to be there a year ago. Yeah. The first time WrestleMania was in Tampa. We were stoked. We were going to be pirate versions of the NWO. We had the plans. It was a lot of fun. I had never been to Raymond James Stadium, so I was really looking forward to it because I'm a fan of pirates and the whole pirate lore and mythology and stuff like that. But this year, unlike last year, even though it was a two-night event, Raymond James Stadium saw an audience. Didn't it make things just so much better? I mean, really, I, last year's mania for what it was, I think, you know, I can't really remember how we reacted to it at the moment, but it was like, you know, it was okay. It was whatever. But had there been a live audience, I think that we would have enjoyed it so much more. Mm-hmm. And just the same, like vice versa, this mania without an audience, I don't know if it would have been, I don't know if it would have hit the same way, but just that ha- 
having that sense of normalcy back and Vince McMahon starting the show, like mm. all of that stuff, it just felt right. It felt good. And I had not been excited about this mania, really, to be honest with you. To me, my opinion, that the buildup was really lackluster. Mm. Uh, I just wasn't, I didn't really care too much about it, except, well, it's mania. It's our tradition. We always do it. You know, it's an exciting part of the year, but we always look forward to that, that, stretch of time from rumble to mania because that's when things really get hot really get good you get excited about the storylines and the matches wondering what's going to happen and it just for me it that didn't happen this year it mm-hmm. was just sort of eh, here's mania and i gotta say i really enjoyed yeah. wrestlemania overall really really enjoyed it and uh uh it, it, it sort of rekindled my my love of of professional wrestling i've sort of been sort of mad about it and uh it just felt like i said everything just felt right it just felt good so i was thrilled about it they sold almost twenty six thousand tickets for this thing so Mm. it was still not even at half capacity okay so i had been hearing that they were expecting to do forty five thousand. so it was 22 so it's half of that. So I guess it's 45. 20, 20, that stadium definitely holds more than. 675. Okay. Well, the most stadium pro definitely stadium. holds more than 45, though, right? Most pro stadiums hold anywhere from 70 to 85,000. 80, right. So. They had a lot of uh, cardboard cutouts mm-hmm. to fill up some space. I've seen some pictures of that. Um, and you had, you had a, your former teacher was there. Yes, uh, I am a full cell alum, I'm proud to say. And there was one teacher uh, that I really connected with, and he's a huge WWE fan. He's just a fan of everything. He's a big nerd, you know. Uh, he, he watches all the nerdy stuff, and he's posting all of his pictures from WrestleMania, and he bought the commemorative replica belt. You know, he's loaded, so he <laughs> love, you, love you, Bill. Uh, he's loaded, so he gets all the swag. And he posts it like it's no big deal. And yeah, uh, yeah, it was kind of cool to live a, a little bit of it vicariously through him. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's got to be exciting. I mean, just from the opening, like we had chills and somewhat misty eyed when the cameras started rolling and the whole the locker room was out there mm-hmm. and Vince was talking and mm-hmm. thanking the audience. And he did his entrance that he hadn't done in a few years that he kind of became known for in the early days of wrestlemania welcome to wrestlemania so it it was really cool and to see america the beautiful with fans saying and even though you didn't know who bb rex was (laughs) dude if this wrestlemania has taught me anything it's that i am so out of touch with like current pop culture i guess other than movies and tv and everything but like you know, like remember the days of like Ray Charles and Aretha yeah. Franklin and Little Richard and John Legend and and all that. And it's like, who was it again? BB something. BB Rexa. And I'm like, who is this person? Why do they have all these uh, no name people? And you and Madison are like, no, she's a big deal. And I was like, well, it's lost on me, guys. And then night two, I didn't know that lady either. I didn't. I didn't know Wale. You didn't know who Wale was? I didn't know Wale. I'd, and before Royal Rumble, I didn't know who Bad Bunny was. 
And he's like this huge icon, apparently, mm-hmm. even though he's like 25 or six yeah. or something. He's really young and he's well, been he, tremendously successful. He started to gain success before the pandemic. And then he he released some stuff during pandemic and he uh-huh. found the TikTok audience and then he mm-hmm. found the Spotify audience and, and mm-hmm. he's he's blown up. And I think what shocked a lot of people about who is this bad bunny guy is because he made his growth away from the quote unquote mainstream where right. we would hear him. Right. And number one, his English isn't his first language. He's not mm-hmm. played on Star 102.1 or 949. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, worldwide he's you know kind of getting his start the way pitbull did before he came to the states so yeah i think didn't post malone sort of get a start like that like he was on the internet doing his own thing producing his own stuff and you know and i'm not into that kind of music i I mean that's not really a secret you especially know that but i have really grown to love post malone Mm -hmm. he looks like walking garbage you know no offense (laughs) i always say (laughs) he looks like the thing that crawled out of the bridge and fought the Billy Goats and three <laughs> Billy Groats gruff. Yeah, he does. But exactly. he's talented. But you know, like looks can be deceiving because yep. he is super talented. And he did yes. that Pokemon thing mm-hmm. uh, for the 25th anniversary. David showed me that. Jeez, and I just thought it was stellar, dude. I loved yeah. it. I loved every minute of that. And then he did a Hootie and the Blowfish cover. And I was like, man, why did I never think of this? <laughs> it's perfect for him to do a Hootie and the Blowfish cover. And it sounded great. And it was super entertaining. And he's funny. And I love Post Malone. He and did. he did a song with Ozzy. So I appreciate oh, yeah. that, too. He did a episode of Ghost Adventures with Zach and them. And they called it uh, Post Adventures or Ghost Malone. Of course he did. The first thing I ever saw of him was he took Jimmy Fallon to Olive Garden in New York or something like that. He was talking about all the free breadsticks. And I was like, what in the world? And, you know, now that I've sort of broadened my horizons a little bit and given him a fair chance, I'm yeah. a fan. Yeah. And the Spider-Man uh, song he did was really cool over for me. Yeah, the Sunflower song. Yeah. So WrestleMania 37, Raymond Jade Stadium. We had two nights, and we're going to talk about night one. Hit a quick commercial, and then we'll come back with night two. So I don't think I should have to say this, but spoiler alert, if you haven't watched WrestleMania or if you've lived under a rock, um, we are going to be spoiling the event for you. (laughs) So here's your warning, I guess. So night one opened with the WWE championship match between champion Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre. Juice, how Sorry. did you think this match was going to end? I did predict Bobby Lashley um, because I feel like there's so much switching around of the titles without mm-hmm. meaning and i i understand that sometimes they have to make decisions like that because the talent does something stupid and they get suspended or you know people get hurt or whatever you know i get that but like within the course of this past year drew's already had two title reigns and bobby when he got the title what was it like a month ago mm-hmm. the reaction to that was like 
really, really favorable. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they they're going to take some time to let that, you know, to, to let that expand a little more. Uh, the the Bobby Lashley heel turn plus breaking up the uh, the the hurt business and all that. Ugh. That couldn't you can't do that just for nothing, you know. Mm-hmm. So clearly there's plans to to proceed things with Bobby. I, I felt like so I did expect it. Um, but I, I was curious about how it would turn out because I know you also want to keep Drew looking strong too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe potential he'll turn in the future for Drew. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'm still pretty jaded about breaking up the heart business because I seriously yeah. thought heart business was the best thing going on raw. I agree. It was 100%. Um, I agree. In a time where I was watching NXT and SmackDown more than raw because I was just so, Ugh, with Raw. Yeah. I was then finding myself tuning in just to watch the Hurt Business, and sometimes I'd stick around. Yeah. So to break that up, I thought was was ridiculous. But if it had to come with the payoff of of Lashley holding the title, which I'd been saying for years since he was in WWE's ECW, that he'll be a, a main eventer one day. Um, and I, I do think that it came later than I would have. Because, I mean, I know he's not good on the mic, but yeah. he's a dominant force. And I, I do like that he went out. He left when he realized that there were some things he needed to do to strengthen himself before he could come back and be a champion of champions. Because um, it's not why, even though it said ECW, WWE's ECW was a watered-down paper title, most people would call it. Hot it garbage. Hot garbage. It was. Yeah, but I did also predict Bobby Lashley. However, I was not shirking at the thought that they might give Drew his moment. He didn't get with an audience last year, but I felt that if you did that against Lashley after it just sparked this fan favorability with putting the title on him, I thought, well, then you're hurting more than helping. Then you'd have people kind of like, uh, you switched it again and we would rather it be on Lashley and let him look dominant. Yeah. There's, there's plenty of other things they can do with drew, you know, but I've, I made the comparison a long time ago. I don't know if you remember this a long, long time ago before the pandemic, I believe I said to you and Logan that drew in some ways reminds me of like a, a younger Hulk Hogan. Mm Mm-hmm. The, the power, the, the, the strength that he has, the interactions with the audience. He does the little countdown for the kick. He's so, so like the baby facest of baby faces, mm-hmm. you know, getting that crowd uh, interaction and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot that they can do with him. Bobby, I think, I think it was the right choice. I, I, I hope that they stick with it for a little while. Me too. And you brought up the the hurt business thing, man. I agree. And I gotta say, like, did you see when they did the little breakup? Uh, no, I watched reruns of it. Like, it was like sort of like out of nowhere. Like, it was a really weird dissipation mm-hmm. of the group, you know. And I've been jonesing, bro, for like a really, really strong heel stable. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been jonesing for that. And we got this whole 
I keep forgetting their names. The Mustafa Ali group, the Redemption uh, retri- Retribution. Retribution. Okay, like when we first got a little hint of that, I was like, okay, maybe this is going to be something. And then I think everybody knew within like a week or two after that, this is going to be garbage. Oh, yeah. it was so stupid. Like, oh, hey, we're heels and we're breaking in and taking over and we're rebels. But, oh, we also signed contracts and we're moving to SmackDown because mm-hmm. the company uh, told us to. Yeah. Like, you just killed their gimmick with that. Yeah. You killed the gimmick. It was stupid. Nobody liked it. It was flatter than a plate full of piss. And <laughs> they ruined that. And it had potential to be something. And they always do that. They get a little kernel of something that could be good. And then <laughs> they crap mm-hmm. all over it. But what I've learned over the years, um, not just from just kind of finally paying attention to like the little details, talking to some people who have been in the business, Vince just does not like factions or tag teams. He does not think it's a selling. He thinks selling is the solos and big guys and the solo match pal. That's good shit, you know, but we, we like factions and, and disturbing and like we loved Nexus and we like a good tag team and tag team rivalries and true tag teams, not just putting belts on two solo people and putting them together for the hell of it. Randomly. Yep. Yep. Actual tag teams. But yep. alas, Vince doesn't think it's a big selling market. And I hate that because I, I enjoy it. We grew up in the era of NWO DX you know, and it's, I mean, it, it's hard to say that DX was a heel stable. They were a heel stable, but yeah. dude, they were over like crazy. Mm-hmm. People love that stuff and they could do that again. And, and what a, what better way to really make a good, strong hero like Drew McIntyre or whoever it is that they're trying to move up than having this super dominant, intimidating heel faction like mm-hmm. take that, that's taken seriously. And then you have the hero come in and 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 take him out. Mm-hmm. That he, that person is made. Then you know. Yeah. And the hurt business could have been that they were so good. I remember when, like, oh my god, I love the Shield so much. Mm. Uh, as time went on, like I really grew to love them. And I remember watching Raw that night. <laughs> it was after I guess Survivor Series or whatever it was. I was thinking, man, the shield is just so cool. I'm so thankful that we have the shield. They're entertaining. They're fun. I think we I, were I watching like them. together. I can't remember. And then Seth ended it. And I was like, yeah. ah. but it all worked out, you know. But I now just I want that well. heel stable. And we'll we'll talk more about the heel stable thing when we get to night two. But yeah, you know, that's my take on hurt business. I wish it wasn't over. I wish that Bobby still had that back up if he's going to be a heel mm-hmm. uh, but you know whatever i i'm not a booker i don't know the thought behind doing that yeah. so it's just my opinion yeah so as we said lashley retained it was successful i think he's gonna at least up until SummerSlam hold on to the title uh, i think they're gonna build on this uh whether or not it's with a faction, I do do know that MVP will stay with him as his mouthpiece, and that's fine. Yeah. That's great. Um, but I hope that they keep this booking of dominance and not all of a sudden pull a spin a Rooney and 
make him need all this outside assistance. He proved that he was dominant. Well, so I mean, I guess that way that would be the reasoning behind breaking up the group, you know, mm. to keep him dominant without having to have the help. But at the same time, he just won the title by making a deal with the Miz and beating mm-hmm. the Miz, who's clearly not a threat to him. So I don't really get what they're going for here. Is he meant to be a, a, a heel? Is he meant to be dominant? Is I don't I don't know. No. So we'll just have to see. Yeah, and definitely. I, and at the same time, you know, when's the the roster shakeup shake thing? Is that after Backlash, maybe? Probably after WrestleMania Backlash. Because then maybe we can split up Drew and Bobby, maybe move Drew to SmackDown mm-hmm. and – Give Bobby like a Daniel Bryan or yeah. Edge or you know whoever. Yeah, I mean they they have so many ways with the shakeup that they could continue to put him over with with more veteran heads mm-hmm. and continue to let Drew be pushed on the other brand and maybe also try to take on the head of the table. You know, th- yeah. they would be able oh, to put yeah. on a good a good story. I For believe. sure. Yeah. Switch Absolutely. it up a little bit. That'd be cool. So moving on to the second match of night one. Naomi and Lana versus Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke versus the Riot Squad, Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan versus Natalia and Tamina versus Billy Kay and Carmella in a tag team turmoil match. The winner got a women's tag team title match on night two. Indeed. Yes. So early on, we got some entertainment with it because... As Mandy Rose is coming down the ramp, she straight slides like feet out from under her and falls on her butt. And I missed it. You did miss it. I was in the kitchen or something. Yes. <sighs> but I still haven't seen that, actually. And the memes have already like blown up all over the internet. And she's played into it. She's, you know, kind of like, well, it happened. What else can you do? Which you know, well, yeah. hide from it. Come on. You know, take take notes, AEW. She's leaning into it. Yeah, she it happened. Fell and leaned into it. She yeah. didn't make excuses or say, what did you expect me to do? Oh, but but my God, it had to be embarrassing. Can you imagine? Wow. Like, I'm such a perfectionist. First if time I'm, in God, over a year that you've got I an audience. I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't think I could have handled it like she did. It would have been a lot harder for me. Uh, but, you know, a moment is a moment. Yeah. It is what it is. She has a WrestleMania moment. You know, she had it. Whether she wanted it or not, she's got that moment. So it can't be taken away from her. No. Even can't. if she wanted it to be. So the winners of that were Natty and Tamina, which mm-hmm. we thought Coming off of Paul Heyman's talking smack promo about, you know, your legacies, your grandfather would be upset with you, your father would be upset with you, they'd be embarrassed, blah, blah, blah. That's easily setting up them taking the tag titles at WrestleMania. Surely, surely it is. But we'll get to that with night two. So this match... We thought it was going to be everyone in the ring at the same time. But it was more of a gauntlet style. And honestly, we were both up and about quite a bit during this match. You know, there's that running joke that like, oh, this is the bathroom match. If you're there, this is when you go to the bathroom or you go to the concession stand. But 
you know, this this match just, you know, every WrestleMania can't have perfect moments. And this was one of those down moments for me. Who did it start with? Was it, uh, let's see, I've got it here. It started Lana with, and Naomi yes. and Billy Kay and Carmella mm-hmm. started it. And when I realized it was those two teams, no offense to any of them. And I happen to love Carmella, by the way. Mm-hmm. And I really like Naomi a lot, too. Um, I was like, you know, I can afford to miss this and I need to go get a drink or, yeah. you know, get a new plate or whatever. So, yeah, I, I, I got up. I'll admit it. That's oh, yeah. how I miss the fall. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I, I felt that these are a lot of really talented performers in the ring. Mm-hmm. And I personally felt like not letting them all be in the ring at the same time took away a lot of moments that individuals could have with other individuals. I felt like it limits those moments just having two on two in gauntlet style matches. I agree. And at the same time, I also think about this is going to sound so bad, but I don't know how else to say it. Okay. But like, it could also have been a miss because some of them are not super coordinated in the ring. Dana um, you know, <laughs> yeah, I guess. And it could have been a big jumbled up mess if they had done it like that too. So yeah. I sort of understand the idea of like, let's pace it out and, you know, send just a couple out at a time. And, you know, it did move along fast. Like it says here on Wikipedia that, Lana and Naomi were eliminated in two minutes, mm-hmm. two minutes into the match. And the whole match itself was only 14 minutes. So you featured two, four, six, eight, ten women, 15 minutes. Um, moving along fast. Yeah. I mean, you could tell that they were just kind of wanting to let's move this one along. Yeah. You know, let's get this story done um, because the payoff is actually going to be on night two, not tonight, really. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. So we wind up with Natty and Tamina as the winners, and it's good, and it's enjoyable, and we've been saying for years that, Lord, Natty needs something because, you know, for her to be a nine heart, she hasn't really been – maybe it's her. I mean, sometimes I would like her to be the silent heel i don't think she's the best on the mic she's, she's not great in the ring i was about to Good. say that yeah um as a nine heart should be you know natty survive the dungeon natty should like you said like the silent let's get down to business kind of mm. kind of heel or even if she's a baby face but she's just a badass baby face yeah. like i'll take it that's what she should be she's a she's a heart she's a part of that family she should be dominant mm-hmm and they always talk about, oh, Natty's a veteran and Natty's so great and all the other girls learn from Natty. But does she, d- does her character and her TV time really show you that? No. I don't always feel like it does. And I feel like, I don't know, it's just wasted. It's wasted on her. And Tamina, too. I, you know, she's not really had a lot her whole time in the company, like 10 years now. Mm-hmm. You know, she debuted with the Usos. I remember all that. And actually, their, her debut feud was with Natty and mm-hmm. and uh, Tyson, Tyson and, and, uh, and uh, Harry Smith yeah. and all them. Uh, it was family. But the the, the legacy, the Samoan family. 
Right. But the, the legacy means something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I've just always wanted to see more from both of them. I and I was hopeful that they would win. And they did. So I was excited about it. And it's the first time I've been excited about Natty in a long time. It's the first time I've been excited about Tamina ever. Yeah. So after that, at this point, I felt great about yeah. that whole deal, the tag team division for the women. Yeah, and we'll get to more of that when we get to yeah. night two. So match three was quite possibly my match one, my night one, one of my most look forward to matches. Cesaro versus Seth Rollins. Now they had been teasing us with this for months. You know, Rollins came back and, you know, started kind of poking at people talking about his drip. People love his drip. And for once in our friendship, you knew a pop culture reference that I did not. I I knew. I know that reference. Yes. (laughs) I did not know. I I know that because I have high schoolers that I hang out with all day, every day. So they taught me that one. So for uh, the listeners who like me may not know, Mr. Davis, what is the drip? Uh, so drip is like, it's cool. It's really cool. It like drips coolness. Like for example, when my kids have a quiz or something like that for good luck or, or a big performance, I wear cool socks like mm-hmm. my Star Wars socks, or my Mario socks. And I've got a guy, uh, first thing in the morning, he actually reminds me a little bit of Riddle, so maybe I should be concerned about that. <laughs> like, Mr. D, your socks really drip. <laughs> so I was, I was like, all right. You're going to have to tell me what that means, buddy. <laughs> so now I know. It's a good thing. I'm sure, I put them in the dryer. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not even raining outside. <laughs> So yeah, he's come back and he's doing all these weird suits and these sunglasses to match. And he's talking about people love his drip and he's so cool now. So he's he's slowly transcending from straight up savior to this I'm so cool kind of guy. He still does the hand thing when he comes out, but I eventually I I would say in the coming weeks that'll even go away. Um I've not been watching SmackDown. I'll just be upfront about that. I've not been watching, so I've not followed much of the storyline, but I know that his new thing is like embrace the vision. Mm. Uh, Have they explained what the vision is? Because I don't know. No. However, I do think that we'll get his vision in a couple weeks. Uh, And when we don't get it in two more weeks, we'll get his vision in a couple weeks. And then, you know, we'll eventually get his vision, possibly, quite possibly. Um, Because that's just what people do. Yeah. You know, they say, no, 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 I've got a plan. I've got a plan. You'll see the plan. I've got got a perfect plan. You'll see it in a couple weeks. (laughs) So we might not ever really get his vision. Um, And I don't, of course, you know, I could be wrong. I've been wrong many times about wrestling in my life. And... I really don't see this character lasting for a whole year. I don't. Um, hopefully uh, not. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big Rollins guy, big time. And uh, Messiah Rollins was probably my least mm-hmm. favorite Rollins. I liked Authority Rollins, Money mm-hmm. in the Bank Rollins. That was my number one. And then uh, Kingslayer Rollins. 
That might be my favorite. King I Slater love I really, the, remember the he did the gold. He did the, the gold Jamie uh, attire. That was so cool. Yeah, he was the King Slayer. So um, I, I was looking forward to this, and I love Cesaro, and and I think that he is. I can't even it, say he's underrated because everybody knows how good he is. But he's primed. He's, it's time to yeah. pull the trigger on Cesaro. We've been saying it for so long now. When he debuted, we were like, ooh, in a few years, this guy's going to be huge. He's going to be great. He's so talented in the ring. He's so talented in also giving you a different variety of a match each time he's in the ring. And he can go with anybody. And yes. he can make anybody look good. Mm -hmm. um, and he's just so technically sound. Like, nothing he does looks bad that I've ever seen. Um, and it's believable. And it's impactful. And dude can cut a promo, too. When, mm -hmm. when he's given the chance, he had a hell of a promo on uh, Talking Smack several weeks ago. Mm -hmm. uh, really memorable. He's entertaining. He can be funny. Uh, I, I do got to say, like, I really miss the bar. I miss him and Sheamus. Mm -hmm. That was a really great dominant tag team. But I was looking forward to the match, even though I wasn't following the story, just because I knew that it would be such a good, like, technical, technical and, and physical match and they they did deliver that you didn't need to care about the crap that was leading up to this you knew yeah, you should sure. get a new match yeah a like it, match. with these two guys we can just watch the match and enjoy yeah. the match we don't have yeah. to really have the story even though i guess they had one i don't know mm -hmm. much about it what For it about was two but two and a half months they've had a story but yeah it was great it was great yeah. at, at at this point it was my match of the night. It may still be my match of the night, just as far as like enjoying the, the, the match itself mm -hmm. and not like, Oh, the outcome is going to mean something to me or whatever. Like whoever won, I didn't care. Mm -hmm. uh, I was just going to fans win. Gonna enjoy Despite it. who wins the yeah. fans win. There you go. That's it. That's yeah, how, that's how we knew going into that match. Like we didn't care who won. We just knew we were going to see a heck of a match. That being said, I think, we both did say we predicted Cesaro, Cesaro yeah. because it's time for him to have that moment. This uh, was his first solo match if, at a WrestleMania. In his entire career, he's never had a solo match at a WrestleMania. Uh, didn't he lose to Braun and the 12-year-old kid a couple years ago? He Was, was that was him and tag team? Him, him and, and Sheamus? Yeah. yeah. So this was his first, I mean, he's been around for what, a decade? Almost? I mean, not far from it. And this is his first solo match at a WrestleMania. And the way we've talked about him, if, if you followed Cesaro, you would think that's crazy to think that. Mm -hmm. That he's not already, if not headlined, at least been co-main eventing WrestleMania on his own in a ring one-on-one. -on -one. It's absolutely astronomical to think that this was his first one because we, we've talked him up enough. You would think that we were his bookers. Um, he, he's phenomenal. I mean, there's there's not much more to say. I'll be the first to say, and I, I've said it on, I don't know, to you and Logan and something that we've done. Like, maybe not everybody has to be on WrestleMania. Maybe we don't have to just squeeze everybody mm -hmm. into it just so we can say, oh, everybody was on WrestleMania. Like maybe it should just be people who we care about, we're interested in, mm -hmm. you know, overall, not us particularly, you know, but like the fans care about, they've had stories, they've had whatever, they've, they've had good matches. 
And Cesaro has been in that category since like pretty early on yeah. when he showed up. So you're right. I think it's crazy that he's not had a story at WrestleMania. He's not had a big match or a moment. I want to say it paid off because it was great. But yeah, it, it could have happened a long time ago. It should have happened a long time yeah. ago. And I hope that they continue to, to launch him. To, exactly. With Cesaro getting the victory and the next pay-per-view literally being called WrestleMania Backlash, mm -hmm. I would not be surprised if these two go at it again in a different fashion and they'll do totally different spots and be successful at it. Yep. I'm in. Absolutely. I'm there. I'm there. So match number four of night one was the WWE raw tag team championship match. The new days, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods, who were the champions versus AJ Styles and almost big son of a gun. Yeah. This he is. Man is bigger than giant Gonzalez. And if you don't know who that is, go look at like Undertaker's second WrestleMania match. He fought Giant Gonzalez. This man is what seven three? No, it's uh, seven four, seven three, something like that. He is a massive man, seven three, four hundred pounds. Good, and he's a giant. And he doesn't speak a lot because you know the way it's being built is he's he's not from around he here. He doesn't have to speak because his to. size speaks for him. Mm -hmm. He's I the remember ninth wonder of the world. I remember the first time that I saw him. It was when they were still doing the Raw Underground thing, and he was like the doorman. Mm -hmm. You remember that? And I'm thinking, why would I care about anything that's inside this door when I want to see this guy beat some people up? You know. <laughs> so I've been looking forward to to seeing him get in the ring. This was a good match. It was entertaining. Yeah. It told yeah. a pretty good story. They've been mm -hmm. doing some pretty good stuff back and forth the two teams have uh they really threw me for a swerve with how they'd been booking it like he knows nothing of almost he he doesn't know anything about him they're terrible tag team he he's disrespectful and not knowing anything about his tag team partner it swerved me i was like well he's probably going to turn on aj then and realize like it's kind of, kind of a, a a joke they're more respectful to me on the new day than he is, you know, so it did swerve me um, because AJ and Amos got the victory. Yeah. Uh, he did a phenomenal forearm off of the shoulders of him, and it was pretty cool. And yeah. New Day's another one of those duos that can make anybody look good. Yeah. On the mic. Especially Kofi. Mm -hmm. Especially Kofi. The way he just you know, flies around like a, like a rag doll when mm -hmm. he sells. And, and don't get me wrong, Xavier does too, but there's something about Kofi. Just He makes it look like it's just brutal, you know? I believe it. Watch, because of their friendship, you can see it in the ring, their banter towards the other team, their banter yeah. with each other. Like when Kofi did a high-flying move, he just let mm -hmm. out a squeal midair, just like, oh, you know, just having fun. Chemistry and goes a long way. Every time the two of them are in the ring, they just have fun. Yeah. And that's why I, I'll never say I hate the New Day because I enjoy watching them, whether they're on the mic or in the ring. Yeah. And it was a pretty good match. Uh, yeah. It was, you know, AJ and Kofi mainly did a lot of the storytelling in the ring, a lot of the back and forth uh, because they are the more seasoned veterans out of the four in there. Uh, especially AJ, um, you know, and Xavier's no slouch. 
he's he's good in the ring as well. I, I didn't see the ending coming. I'm not angry with the ending because I'm pretty sure the New Day's already about to break the New Age Outlaws record of how many times they've held the titles. They're close. Closest, oh, yeah. God, I hadn't even thought about that. One's ever gotten in a tag team. And I think it's very deserving, whether they're on SmackDown or Raw. Yeah. I think it's deserving. Uh, but there's really not a whole lot to say about that match. I mean, I thought it was enjoyable. I liked it. Uh, was was happy with the outcome. Uh, yeah, I love the new day, but you know it's okay to try something new and mm-hmm. uh, made the the new giant look strong. Um, good match. Uh, the question now is, who's gonna who's gonna beat them for it? The only way it can happen is if they break up, like almost. That's what I was about to say. They'll beat yeah. themselves. Yeah. Because I do think that with a tag team like this, it'll run its course pretty quickly. I don't think they're going to hold up for a long time. Um, they'll beat themselves. He'll say something that pisses Amos off, and he'll like walk out or something, or he'll just destroy him in the ring and walk out, and someone will pin him. Could be the new day in a few weeks. Could be. We don't know. I, I can see it being more of like AJ gets on Amos's nerves, you know, mm-hmm. and he just picks him up and, you know, he does that thing where he does the gorilla press and he throws mm-hmm. people over the little uh, barrier into the audience. You know, I could see them having a good SummerSlam match, maybe AJ and Amos. Ooh. Maybe and AJ like will make him look great. Absolutely. I think that they need to keep the the threat of of almost mm-hmm. the intimidation factor, and and maybe we don't maybe we don't see him every week in the ring. Mm-hmm. Maybe we maybe he doesn't have a ton of matches. Maybe it's a special thing here and there, uh, and keep him strong so that they can do a lot more with him in the future. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Vince loves giants, though, so. <sighs> Yes, he does. He and he recently lost his big cuddly giant to AEW, so he needed to find a new one. Yeah. <laughs> so match number five. Speaking of giant, Braun Strowman versus Shane McMahon in a steel cage match. Now, this angle that they've been giving us is Shane is bullying Braun, calling him mm-hmm. stupid, calling him dumb. Out of out of nowhere. Like what? Three weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. This was one of the, the more like, wow. Let's just throw a match together. Let's just uh, slide that one in there real quick. Jane, do you, do you want to do anything at WrestleMania? Would you, Would you Would you like to? What's your idea? Well, what I can, can I jump of the big off? Guy. Of? <laughs> yeah. I can make fun of Braun Strowman because he's huge, and so far he doesn't have anything in the card. So I'll fight him. And. I saw the I saw the ending happening. Um, I picked Braun to win mm-hmm. with reservation that it is Shane McMahon at WrestleMania, yeah. Yeah. and I could see, and we did get somewhat of a vision of that when Elias and uh, the other bearded wonder from NXT came out and interfered before he even got in the ring they beat the living daylights out of braun and weakened his legs and you know big man if his legs are weakened it's easy to take him down yeah yeah i was i was the same uh the the bully storyline they've done it a hundred different ways a hundred different times the most recent time that i can recall was uh nia jackson alexa bliss at Mm -hmm. wrestlemania 
34, 35. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it pretty recent. And typically the, the victim always wins, but mm-hmm. you know, I, like you said, reservations, I could see them pulling a, pulling a swerve there and, and Shane winning, or I even brought up the idea of uh, kind of doing a little nod to the big show's debut uh, mm-hmm. when he showed up and he threw stone cold into the cage and it broke and opened, and then stone cold won like an accidental victory. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could have seen them maybe trying to do something like that as well. Yeah. But what a, friggin bump shane took oh have we ever seen that before he's he's in the list of people who can take a bump like a champ shane mcmahon is the man is like 51 52 years old like he he can't do this much longer Mm -hmm. i I do worry a little bit about shane because he from from what people say about him he's always looking for that thrill and, Mm -hmm. and he likes to take the risks and everything and we've seen that his entire career since mm-hmm. he was like our age and younger falling mm-hmm. off of stuff yeah. and all that but like what is there left for him to do and when is he going to be too old to do it well with another company using a 62 year old um not yet <laughs> yeah but sting ain't <laughs> jumping off of steel cages and stuff you know yeah uh, and shane's not using a stunt double either <laughs> So (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I think we'll get a few more years of these showing up near mania and putting his body in the line for maybe two, two or three more years. Maybe Vince can come out after his next big bump and say, just so everybody knows we knew in advance he was going to do that. He wanted Mm -hmm. to do it and he's okay. Just in (laughs) case you were wondering. (laughs) Hi, my name's Tony Khan. I mean, Vince McMahon. (laughs) But it was, we knew it was going to happen. And the fact that this story is done at least every two years makes me want to call Bruce Pritchard and say, dude, there is a box of gimmicks. There is blueprints. There are recycled crap all over this company. And for you to say that there's not, it's, it's, it's a joke because the savior, even before punk did it, there was a savior character here and there. Punk did it the best, I think. And there's yeah. always the bullying storyline. Every or couple the, of years, uh, the 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 fight over the girlfriend, mm. or you know, yeah. But to be fair, okay. Do you know the name? I don't know if I'm saying it right. It's French. Georges Pulte. No, right. Georges Pulte was this French author like a couple hundred years ago. And he wrote this book called the 36 dramatic situations or something like that. And he proposes that there are only 36 different types of conflict that can exist to tell a story, whether it's 400 years ago or 400 years in the future storytelling, which you have to have conflict to tell a good story, right? There's only 36 different types of story. I'll have to check this book out. That actually sounds pretty interesting. Yeah, you can find a list. It, to match it up. Right. That's what WWE's doing. So, like, I have my students do that because they do a lot of, like, device theater and they have to do a lot of their own writing of skits and stuff like that. And one project they do, it's like, okay, it has to have a conflict and, you know, it has to, all the lines have to go in alphabetical order. So, yeah. you know, A, B, C, D, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I, I showed them this list of the 36 situations. I'm like, think of your favorite movie your favorite movie of all time. 
Think of it like in your head right now. Think about what's the major problem? What's the hero trying to accomplish? Find it on this list. Now, think of a situation that you can't find on this list. You can't because he's got all of them. So yeah, highly recommend it. Anybody who's a writer or into storytelling in any way, George S. Pulte, 36 Dramatic Situations. Cool. Put it to the test. I'm definitely going to. So moving on to Josh's match of the night. Oh boy. <clears throat> match number six. Bad Bunny and Damian Priest versus The Miz and John Morrison. Juice. What did you think? Okay, I would be lying if I said that I was not entertained by the match. I was. Mm -hmm. I truly was. I, I had a lot of fun with the match. Bad Bunny, you know what, man? Respect for that guy. He is out there living a dream that guys like us have had since we were seven, eight years old. Okay, And if I were him, I would have been doing the same exact thing. Thing, okay he he looked good out there um and, and apparently he put in all the work he went to the performance center and spent a lot of time there and out of all of the celebrity matches interactions whatever you want to call it that we've ever seen in wwe he's got to be the most impressive okay mm -hmm. for sure because i would even say even with steven amell amell was doing a lot of that kind of stuff in Arrow. He did a lot of his own stunts, a lot of the training for that kind of stuff. Yeah. Bad Bunny literally had to go into the Performance Center for three months and train with Drew Gulak. I, I appreciate that, and I respect that. And, and I think it's great that he worked so hard, and, and he wanted to do a good job, and he wanted to like live out this, this dream that so many of us share, mm. or, or you, you know used to share. I get it. And, and I, I, awesome. He looked good. Everything he did was very impressive. Okay. Now, I've said all those great things. Okay. Now, that being said, how do you feel if you're the Miz? How do you feel if you're John Morrison? Mostly John Morrison. Okay. Miz, that's Miz's role. He's always been the, we call him the, the SHIT heels. You know, I talk a lot of smack, then I run away. When I finally get caught, I get the hell beat out of me. That's his job. That's his game. And he does a great job of that. And Miz always has. And I love the Miz. Miz is one of the best on the mic, no matter what anybody says. He can talk. He can hang with almost anybody on the mic. Mm -hmm. Current day, he can hang with anybody. Okay. He's awesome. Okay. So I can, I can deal with that. John Morrison, why should I ever care about anything John Morrison does in the ring ever again if a 170-pound, 5'2 dude can lift him over his head, slam him, and pin him? Why should I believe or care about anything either of those two guys ever do ever again? Why should I believe, that even worse than that, any, any of the wrestlers? If a guy can just step in the ring and just do it, well, it's not that hard. Well, it's not that impressive. You're that's your job. You're a professional wrestler full time. He's a rapper. He came in and did it. So why should I care about what you're doing? Mm -hmm. It's presented, even though we all know, okay, yeah, it's it's fake. It's not a legitimate contest. I get that, but it's it's presented as a legitimate contest. That's that's the world of professional wrestling. It's storytelling, it's entertainment, of course, but the whole thing revolves around we've got 
two forces in a ring, couple guys, couple girls, whatever, good guy, bad guy, story. We're going to solve it in the ring, and we're going to tell stories in the ring. It's physicality. It's, it's meant to be a contest, I say in quotation marks, okay? That kills the believability of it. That kills the legitimacy of it, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Miz and John Morrison aren't, aren't a threat to anybody. Shoot, this fall, we like UT football. What if we go to a game and, and we're sitting there and, it you know, uh, it's not going so well, like, unfortunately, it often does for Tennessee. What's to Same stop pitch. you and I from saying, huh, we've been watching football. We know how this works. Let's go down there and let's do it. And then you and I, we score the, the winning touchdown. <laughs> and I do absolutely get what you're com- where you're coming from. I do. You know, I, I gave you, you know, I gave you hell while watching at WrestleMania. Uh, you know, you're a purist and you've never said you I weren't. Am. You're a purist. I am. I and, am. And not just in wrestling. You're a purist in a lot of aspects. I don't like silliness. I don't like gimmicky stuff. You know, uh, there's a time and a place for it and, and you can appreciate it then and there. And, 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 and I can, I can appreciate those things sometimes, but I just, I, it's so unappealing to me, like distant being disingenuous and gimmicky and, and fake and phony. I hate it because it's not would believable. It, would it play out different for you if it wasn't WrestleMania? Would no. you have as little of feelings about it as if it no. wasn't WrestleMania? No, I don't care if it's Monday Night Raw, Saturday Night's main event, Velocity, Hell in a Cell. I don't care. It's it's a televised match, <laughs> professional wrestling, a, a, a contest. I say again in air quotes. It's presented as a legitimate contest, even though everyone knows it's not. It doesn't matter where it is, what stage it is. Those two guys who are full-time professional wrestlers got their hind ends handed to them by a rapper half their size who's never been in the ring before. Mm Mm-hmm. And he looked great. I, I've said that. Like everything yeah. he did looked great. So if for sure. So and and using that logic, like he went in three months ago and started training with someone like Drew Gulak, who I think is a very talented wrestler, who WWE is not using. He's too busy chasing our truth He's too and busy the ninjas. Chasing the twenty four seven champion, or being in backstage scenes, uh, which is a joke because Drew Gulak can wrestle, wrestle better than most of the people we're seeing in main event pictures. But so, this is the WWE and we, we don't care about, about pure wrestling. We care about entertainment, g- they, gimmicky, I mean, silly. They, do. they, they have been very frontal. Uh, you know, if this makes sense, they've been very frontal about the past few years that they are an entertainment outlet. First and foremost over wrestling, even anymore, their entertainment especially since Cena came on the scene years ago. And I get that. I get your problems with it. I have my own issues with it, but I also look at it as Miz and Morrison did a hell of a job for their company. They made Priest and Bad Bunny look, and Priest is great. I loved loved watching him in NXT. I can't wait to see where his career is going. Yeah. Same. They did. I don't know many other people who, even on this roster today, I don't know many other people aside from these two, maybe the New Day, that could have made Bad Bunny and Priest go over the way that they went over. 
I think that showed full trust in Miz and Morrison from the company saying we're putting these, this story together and we're using you two because you can do it. You can do it on the mic. You can do it in the ring. I do understand from your point of view, though, it is kind of dislegitimizing this thing that we grew up watching. And but but we also grew up watching in, you know, I joke about you, uh, you know, listening to Cornette and all that. But we grew up in his era, you know, when he was booking stuff like that. And but I mean, the man also it was a hell of a lot better too. chased off people with a tennis racket with a thing over him and, and you know, and. We got to see him and with the cover on the yeah, racket. With the cover on the. Do you know why? Racket. That thing know. was loaded, baby. He put a horseshoe in there. Ooh. Yeah. Ugh. So I, I get your problems with it, and I, 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 I have said it every year that I have watched WrestleMania since I was a kid. There was a certain transformation where a celebrity got a moment. It might have been 10, 15 years ago that it really started to take hold, really started to take hold, that they weren't just there. They were in a match. I mean, yeah. for the love of God, we saw Snooki live yeah. in a wrestling match. She did like one thing, right? Mm. She did one thing, and she won, and I get it, but she also had a team of like, it was like Trish Stratus and Jomo, was, and, yeah. you know, it's a little different. And even Stephen Amell, like who, in my opinion, would be far more legitimate in a match than Bad Bunny because Stephen Amell's jacked. He's mm-hmm. he's on TV playing a superhero. Like you said, he's had the training. Like I, I can get on board with that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And even in that match that he had, like it was like him and Cody Rhodes or whatever, like mm-hmm. he looked great. Ah, dust. Yeah. Like, he looked great, but he didn't do a whole lot of stuff. Like I remember he did a big splash or something, and I was really impressed with he that. He did some, it was, some takedowns and it was just a little bit at a time, a few things here and there. Mm-hmm. Even if Stephen Amell lifted somebody over his head, I can believe it. He's a jacked buff dude. Dude. I think one of my issues with it, and I think you'll agree, is Bad Bunny was on the offense. 99 stop non-stop if it had been a little bit here and there like this the suplex or the falcon or whatever it was that he did that was when i was like this is too much mm-hmm. this is too much here he's way too dominant and he's never been in the ring he's not a wrestler and he's tiny mm-hmm. john the not even john morrison but the miz in real life would break him in half <laughs> you know like we have eyes we can see that you know like if you were, and apparently Damian Priest is, was injured. I had heard today. I heard that. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I didn't know that before. So that probably has a lot to do with it. But I would have. I don't know who was the producer. I don't know who booked it. But like, I don't understand how you let the new guy who is not believable just by looking at him get that much offense in. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm I sure think it goes to show the hypocrisy of Vince McMahon because when fans were begging for John Morrison to be a world heavyweight or a WWE champion, Vince's comeback was always, he's too small, I don't believe it. And then he books this match where he lets Bad Bunny be on the offense 99% of the match. Yeah, well, that's... So there's that's some just, hypocrisy to it. That's as just long a as flat out... Star power, 
business exactly that's just a business decision because bad bunny's this big mega star Mm -hmm. apparently and you know there's going to be eyes on it and you want him to look good and and you want the company to look good i get it okay i I didn't have a problem i predicted that bad bunny and damien priest would win i think probably everybody did yeah but it was just too much man and like you make the the point about you know wwe's really stressed the fact like it's up in the forefront you know and for a while vince banned the words wrestling yeah. It's even in the name of the company, but we don't say wrestling. We're superstars. It's entertainment. Right. Okay. Bro, we live in the South, right? If, if I am going to the fridge and my fridge is full of Dr. Peppers and I say, hey, Tyler, you want a Coke? I when would I say, come no, back, I don't want a Coca-Cola. I don't like Coke. You would say that? I'd, I'd say I'd, if you said, do you want a Coke talking about Dr. Pepper and I didn't see what you were talking about, I would say. I don't like Coke. It tastes like rust. Okay. Well, you're kind of getting what I'm saying. But like around yeah. here in the South, what I'm trying to say is that when people say, oh, I'm going to get a Coke, they don't necessarily mean I'm going to get a Coca-Cola. They mean mm-hmm. I'm going to get a soda. I'm going to get a Dr. Yeah. Pepper or a Meliel or whatever it is mm-hmm. that I like, right? Okay. Like up but north, the, they say pop. But the point is like we say that because the brand Coca-Cola, Coke, it's kind of like Kleenex. You know, you don't mm-hmm. say I want a tissue, I want a Kleenex. The brand sort of becomes that thing yeah. in the mind of the people. Mm-hmm. I want to get a Coke, not necessarily Coca-Cola, right? WWE is the Coca-Cola of professional wrestling. So it's like Coca-Cola saying, no, we're not soda. We're not soda. We're Coca-Cola, right? No, you're not. You're soda, right? WWE is still professional wrestling. And you still are trying to present to me the idea that there's a believable and legitimate contest between these athletes. And if anybody can come up in there and do it. And like, I've had this problem for so long, like Ronda Rousey, it was cool when she showed up and she was dominant and it was great. She was entertaining. Cool. And that's believable because Ronda Rousey is a flat out badass. Okay. Um, I wouldn't, I'd be afraid to even look at her. Okay. Loved Ronda Rousey until she spent a year as our WWE champion. Yeah. But you know what? She was there every week and she put Mm -hmm. in the work and and, and all that stuff. So that's great. But I remember one time talking to you about how they bring in these people from other places, Ronda Rousey. Facets of entertainment. Right. Uh, Football players sometimes, athletes, they whatever. Shaq and Money Mayweather. At 24, I sat there with Logan live and watched Money Mayweather knock out the big show. Right. So we've got these people year-round on our show. Mm-hmm. Okay. We've got the big show on Raw every week, and we're trying to present him as a believable threat to everybody. We've got Becky Lynch. We've got Charlotte. We've got whoever. This is the man. This is the number one person, okay? Nobody can beat him. Oh, except for these people who aren't even a part of the company who don't even do this. They show up, make the other people look like crap, and then they leave. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, yeah, this person. Remember that time they got beat by the person who wasn't uh, wasn't even involved with this? You know, mm-hmm. like that's that's what I think about. And Ronda Rousey's sort of an exception because she is such a badass. And obviously, like you ain't gonna mess with Ronda Rousey. I'd be afraid to even look at Ronda Rousey if I saw her in person, right? Yeah. So that's a little different, but still, like you gotta think about the people that are already there that are that's your home, that's your house. You know, you gotta think about your people mm-hmm. at some point. 
and I get the star power and, and the value of that. I do. Okay. I do. And I, and I understand why that's a benefit. Sometimes it's just too much. Like there's a reason people hated David Arquette being the champion so much. Right. Right. You know, yeah. people were, yeah. that's I one was, of the first things that I people were going to bring up when you talk about WCW, if you're talking about the bad, okay. Other than like all the great things about WCW, we had the NWO, there was Goldberg, DP, Sting. Great. All that stuff was what made WCW great in the early days. Mm -hmm. And then we had Vince Russo come in and we had like the five different versions of NWO. And we had David Arquette win the championship, right? It just didn't, it wasn't a good thing. It looked looked bad on the company. On Arquette, bro, that would be so good, bro. That's what it makes me think of, you know, like you bring these people in, make the, the, the roster look like garbage because anybody can do it. Anybody can show up and do it. So to make it better. So I've ranted about bad bunny for 30 minutes. If, if priest wasn't hurt too much, if priest did most of the match and there were pops from bad bunny, Mm -hmm. you would be able to handle that. I would have Yeah. Zero issues with that. And even if he was the one who got the pin in mm-hmm. the end, I would have expected that. Fine. Yeah. But it was too much. It was like if Bad Bunny is the unlockable character on 2K22, which I fully expect he will be like the pre-order or the whatever. And we were playing a video game. with If we had Bad Bunny versus Brock Lesnar on a video game, and Bad Bunny's just pow, 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 taking Brock Lesnar to, to task, right? And mm. beats him. In a video game, that could happen if I'm yeah. in control, right? Yeah. In real life, that ain't going to happen, you know? <laughs> Not like that. Maybe somebody comes in, you know, hits Brock with a chair, gives him 10 finishers, whatever. Yeah. Then Bad Bunny can pin him and win. I'll get on board with that. Yeah. Just the point of this last 20 minutes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I've ranted about it, you know. But I I want your feelings. That's how I feel. And it just, I I get frustrated about it because it's like nonstop, this silly stuff with WWE. And don't Mm. even get me started on AEW, okay? (sighs) It's just constant silliness. Like, can somebody please take something seriously? That's Mm -hmm. all I want. That's all I want. Is it too much to ask? I guess it is. I feel you. I feel you. Anyway. Oh, what a great transition into our main event of night one. A true main event, like fantastic main event. And that Absolutely. was the challenger and Royal Rumble winner, Knoxville, Tennessee's own, all Vol, Bianca Belair. Go Vols. Taking on the boss herself, Sasha Banks. A champion amongst champions, one of oh, yeah. my favorite of this era. Yeah. And not just in the Divas division, in the entire industry. I love Sasha Banks. Yeah. Hell of a main event. And you could see on their faces, even before, even after the bell rang, and they just stood there for a little bit and were staring at each other, kind of like Rock and Austin did, just staring at each other. And Bel Air's got tears in her eyes because. What a lot of people aren't really talking about is this is the first true one-on-one women's main event at a WrestleMania and the first time that two people of color have main evented WrestleMania. Yeah. Women 
of yeah. color yeah. and it is 2021 people yeah. <laughs> like I, I I will say that it's it's been too long to wait on this, but the fact that these two did it and that story is theirs, and it's two of you know arguably some of the better performers in the ring of our generation. Um, I, it's just I, I got teary eyed watching them just stand we up felt it like like i was we like, felt oh it God. for sure <laughs> and even my wife who she likes to make fun of me in wrestling and all that stuff but realistically she does enjoy it a little bit mm-hmm. okay she doesn't like to admit it because she i guess she thinks the whole thing is silly you can't hide it from us becky it's true and you should see her like, at a live events she's been involved in like the chants and stuff she did the yes chant one time so um she she even she could feel it you know like and her seeing other people get emotional like when it's real mm-hmm. like she gets all worked up over that when people get emotional and it was emotional and it was real which is the the, the complete opposite of my whole rant just a minute ago <laughs> like because it was real that they was gave funny. them that moment and let them be real and they let them be genuine and everybody could feel it right mm-hmm. And it was especially special for us because, you know, Bianca's the hometown girl. And, mm-hmm. and we, I predicted Sasha would win. I did, uh, mainly just because of her record. This is the only match that I didn't guess correctly, but I was glad that I got it wrong. That was true. And as were... much as I love Sasha, man, Bianca is great. I love Bianca. She's strong. She's entertaining. Mm. She, everything she does is powerful and it looks good and she's believable and she's fun. And I, I, I love it. And I, I can't wait to see what else there is down the line for Bianca. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to one day when she's like a real badass heel and she cuts the, the, the hair off oh, and everything. Man. One day we'll get that one day. This past Tuesday on NXT, all three NXT women, the NXT Women's Champion, Bianca Belair, and Rhea were standing in the ring, and I, I started, I started waving. <laughs> I was like, "Oh God, this is a ama- this is amazing!" <laughs> I didn't watch it, but I saw the pictures. These three it looked, it, were probably like, "We did it." It looked like Bianca hadn't changed the little things on the belt yet. Did it still say boss time? I, I didn't look too deep uh, in, into that, but. I always want to see what they're going to put. Mm. You know, they changed the little. Probably EST. Uh, I yeah. bet she'll put EST. Yeah. Because she is yes. the EST of WrestleMania. She sure is. This event, this main event was fantastic. The wrestling was there. The entertainment was there. The story that these two amazingly talented women were telling was there. It didn't miss a beat. Um, passion was there the, oh yeah the drama the the emotion and, like everything they oh, did yeah. it's like if you could go into their head you were probably hearing this is the first times you know every this isn't just the first time that you know two women of color have main event in wrestlemania but this is the first time a hair slap's been used like this Oof. in the main event of wrestlemania and this is the first time Ugh. that a woman has deadlifted in the main event of WrestleMania and like all these firsts that are stacking up while they're doing the match. Like I could not, if I were in their shoes, I would not have been able to control the emotion 
because mm-hmm. it was just such a beautiful moment and that's what it's about dude like <laughs> that is wrestling at its finest when you care mm-hmm. about the people in the ring and you care about the characters and you care about the outcome of the match and and you're invested in every move that they make throughout the match mm-hmm. bro that's that's what i love about professional wrestling mm-hmm. right there that's when it's tops for me and i was i don't think i even blinked in this match mm. I was just, we were cheering and, 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 we, and, and so excited on the edge of our seats at everything that happened. And, you know, I know that they both got a great payday that was really well-deserved, but I hope Sasha got a bonus for that dang hair smack Whoa. because she that sounded like across her side. Oof, sounded like a gunshot from hair. You know, that hurt. Tightly wound hair just smacked her like a kendo stick. Shoo. And kendo sticks don't hurt that as much as that hair probably did. I'm sure. I Good mean, night. the payoff was there seeing Bianca celebrate and her parents mm-hmm. on jumping up right there in the front room. row, jumping up and down. And they went off the air. But if you watch it, her husband comes out uh-huh. I saw the and celebrates with her. And yeah. That's that's I've if if someone were like why and I know you just said this you know why do you still watch this at thirty two Tyler I would say watch Bianca Belair win the Royal Rumble and then follow her story up until main of the main event of night one just follow her and Sasha just those two and that'll answer it I think what like I was saying Becky was she was sort of feeling it too. And like that moment when I think Bianca said something like you saw her mouth, mama, I did it. Man, you can't beat that. That that's, that's real. That's genuine. And you know, I had a moment not to get too terribly sappy, but like I had a moment where I looked over at my little sleeping three-year-old daughter. Cause I joke all the time about how one day she's going to be the women's champion, you know, like, it's possible you know it's possible and uh one day my daughter could main event wrestlemania one day she could be the champion and it just sort of made me feel like that like seeing two two badass women main event the biggest wrestling show of the year everyone was happy everyone was excited it was emotional it was a good match it was just the perfect ending it's night one of wrestlemania it was amazing and I'll never forget it. Absolutely. And I wish that we had been there live. Oh, I could talk about that till the till the till the cows come home, as they say down here. Yeah. Uh, but what were your thoughts of night one, nerds? Uh, please let us know. Hashtag Thirty and Nerdy Pod. We're gonna step away for a quick break, and we'll be back with night two on Thirty and Nerdy Podcast. Tennessee Legend Distillery was founded in 2015 and has quickly become one of the top distilleries for natural extracts and ingredients in its spirits. With no high fructose corn syrup, artificial sweeteners, or harmful ingredients, Tennessee Legend Distillery has four locations in the state of Tennessee without Newport, Sevierville, Cookville, and Nashville distilleries. You see, at Tennessee Legend Distillery, we have spent more time focused on the quality of our spirits than the number of our stores. 
We have a great selection of non-flavored spirits as well, like vodka, bourbon, whiskey, and gin. Tennessee Legend Distillery has multiple awards and medals for state, national, and international spirit contests, and even carries 2019's Best Tasting Whiskey in the state of Tennessee with our Salted Caramel 60 Proof Whiskey. We offer discounts for veterans, active military, nurses, police officers, firefighters, first responders, and even multiple bottle discounts. Don't live in Tennessee? We ship to select states. Go to GACraftSpirits.com to see if we deliver to you. That's G-A-C-R-A-F-T-S-P-I-R-I-T-S dot com. If you stop by the Sevierville location, tell them 30 and Nerdy Podcast sent you and be a legend with Tennessee Legend Distillery by receiving a free shot glass and 15% off of your order. What are you waiting for? Cheers to you. What's up, nerds? This is Rich from the Three Fat Nerds Podcast, and you're listening to our Council of Nerds brethren, the 30 and Nerdy Podcast. Of course, when you're done with this awesome podcast, you can check out the Three Fat Nerd Podcast wherever you get great podcasts just by searching Three Fat Nerds. And if you want all your information about what we do over there, you can visit 8122productions.com. Now let's get back to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast. Welcome back to 30 and Nerdy Podcasts WrestleMania Talk. And we are on to night two of WrestleMania. Now, if you asked most people, probably more of a lackluster night, especially starting out. I do think, and I still think, even after going back and rewatching it, night one was still better. Wow, you uh, went you you rewatched the whole thing? Yeah. Wow. I wanted it fresh in my head. Yeah, I wish that I'd had time to do that well night one just i don't know what it was maybe it was you know it's kind of like uh wayne always says in letter kenny a first impression's a lasting one and those first two matches of night two were just a lasting impression (laughs) and it's it's you said so aptly after everything was said and done on saturday you said well good luck night two And, like, that really stuck with me because thinking about it through the day, like, reflecting on night one and how great it was and how much we enjoyed it and how cool it was to finally have a live crowd again. And you could see, like, that lit a fire under the wrestlers, too, mm-hmm. just having the people back to, to have reactions. Like, they're not bumping in an empty room with plugged-in fake noises for the Thunderdome or whatever. I mean, was, even you know? the heels were looking at, at human beings and winking at them and – had this look of like, you know, I'm breaking character here, but we're freaking happy to have you guys back. Yeah, and even Randy, who's been around forever and has done everything that there is to do, you know, you could even see a little little something yeah. in him, and he's not the most excitable guy, you know. He was pumped up walking out there. First entrance of the night, crowd, you know. Mm-hmm. But off the heels of that night one, let's 
good luck night too. Cause like yeah. you said, hard to, hard to follow that. Yeah. Really? Well, let's get into it. We opened yeah. up with Randy Orton versus the fiend Bray Wyatt. Yeah. A match that I was really looking forward to because I love Randy. I love the legacy surrounding him. I've watched him, you know, go from Ohio Valley wrestling to what he is today. And I think he is a true veteran and I think he delivers in so many ways, even just his faces. When someone else is talking, when he's talking, he does it there, just in his face. Watch his face sometimes. Um, go against a, a creature that I have since he debuted. And I, and I started saying when Wyatt showed up in NXT and he was no longer Husky Harris, when the Wyatt family arrived and they were doing, I remember texting y'all years ago going, have you all watched what NXT's become? And the two of you were like, no, it's not a game show anymore. I was like, no, dude, it's like FCW became yeah. NXT. Like, mm -hmm. and there's the, Bray Wyatt's here. Like Husky Harris is a legitimate character and he's got this faction. And I thought then, and even when he came back as the fiend, I thought this is your next undertaker. This is your next character. Your the next, next supernatural force, supernatural yeah. character that you can do. But even when he was Bray Wyatt, and before the fiend and early on in the fiend, like he's still losing as the fiend. I think that damages what could be done with this creature, quote unquote. Uh, I predicted. I think probably a lot of people did that fiend would show up and he would dominate Randy, you know, to look strong uh, after he was set on fire and <laughs> all this stuff. His like, new Toxic Avenger costume. He has set the man on fire. What else is there for you to do to him? Except, you know, he comes back even stronger. He's reborn, whatever. Um, yeah, I expected that. And obviously, that's not what we got. I think The Fiend looks really cool. And uh, I like the idea of The Fiend a lot. And, you know, I just ranted for 30 minutes about, you know, gimmicky, fake, phony stuff. You know, so to an extent, it's like, Fiend's really cool, and I like him, and I like to watch him, and the look especially is so cool. But, you know, like he teleports, and he, you know, does mm -hmm. stuff like that, and I'm just not really so much into it. Um, but I think that the idea they're going for is that Alexa has been possessed by the spirit of Sister Abigail. Is that the mm -hmm. idea? Like, she's Sister Abigail? I think that's what they're going with, and I've got to say, you can tell that Alexa Bliss is having the most fun of her career. Becky even make, makes the comment like she's such a good actress mm -hmm. and she is like she's a bit I, I don't know if you've ever heard her talk like outside of wrestling stuff but like she's a huge nerd um, yeah she's I've seen her on up up down down some yeah right like she would hang out with us like you know mm -hmm. she's like that so she commits to it and she I like Alexa Bliss quite a bit uh, and and I like that they're doing something really different with her um and I thought the visual of the blood or whatever spurting yeah, out the of the black, bleeding yeah. black. I thought that was kind of a cool look. And I guess the story they're trying to tell is like Sister Abigail is like the weakness to the fiend and or has mm. some sort of control over him. Because, I mean, shoot, you set the man on fire, you pile him up with chairs and uh, like Seth Rollins did that time. Nothing works, but one RKO and he's dead. Yeah. So. And I think the story they're going to try to tell this 
is because I, I watched Raw after Mania, and I think you and I both told Logan it was the worst Raw after Mania ever. Lame. Um, it was just it was just bad, and I think a lot of it came back came from being back in the th- back in the dome, no live audience, probably uh, to hijack the show. Yeah. Uh, which, if you've gotten to experience that live, a Raw after Mania live, there's nothing mm-hmm. like it. So that could be it, but it was just so-so. So I think the direction that they're going with, in my opinion, is she's establishing dominance as Sister Abigail. She's like, I told you to lose to establish that you listen to me. That, you know, lay down for this. Or they're establishing like it's just a coup and she's wanting revenge on Bray Wyatt for letting her die or mm-hmm. whatever. Or, you know, they could do some crazy-ass supernatural stuff. Yeah. Very gimmicky. Yeah. I get it. But with a character like The Fiend, you have some characters you have to go gimmick with because they are in turn a gimmick. Yeah. This is true. So it'll yeah, be interesting true. to see where they go, but it does not mean I'm happy with the outcome. I wanted the fiend to destroy and dominate. Yeah. To to pay off with this him being gone, him being resurrected, him healing from the burns in his entrance and all that stuff, the creepy stuff that's been going on with Alexa. It just wasn't a payoff for me. Just a one RKO. Yeah. He's been owed leading up to this match and gotten back up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it like I said, I, I can accept it because of the idea of like clearly with her reaching out like that and it, her being the uh, the the reason for his mm-hmm. downfall. You know, whatever. I can accept it. I understand what they're trying to do. It just it was weird. I don't know how much I like the little Jack in the Box thing they did either overall for that yeah. match. And as I said, that led off night two. I think that that's one of those things that like people either loved it or they just didn't care anything mm-hmm. about it at all. And I am in the latter group. I am as well. So that was how we led off the night, which as I said, a first impression is a lasting one. And that was my first impression with night two. Didn't like it was let down a lot of hate on Twitter leading on that night. Like it almost took away from the rest of the night on social media because people were still nagging about the fact that that first match was garbage and slow and short and bad and just no payoff. So let's move on from that though. Randy Orton did get the victory with one count on one RKO match. Number two, another one with no payoff like we were wanting slash expecting women's champion tag team champion, Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax versus the winners from night one, Natalia and Tamina. Now, as I said, and when we were talking about night one, we felt, and we texted about it after Heyman's promo on talking smack. The only direction you go after that is a pissed-off legacy tag team that takes the titles at Mania. That they really are like, they they dig deep, and they're like, you know what? You are a freaking snooker. I'm a nine-heart. Who are these two? 
you know, our blood is out in that ring, literally from the past 40 to 50 years, our blood is in that ring. Who are they? You know, and I, I get that, you know, Naya is also part of that bloodline. Uh, the yeah, she, ain't the, she ain't the direct daughter. Yeah, she's not the direct. Legend, you know? She's you know, cousin. Yeah. So it's a little different. So it is a little different, but the only direction that I, th- I thought personally, and I'm sure you thought, you know, if I could speak for you, is that's the direction you go. Yeah. I, I wanted Natty and Tamina to win this so much, man. I really did. And um, I was disappointed because even if it's not over yet, even if they, you know, we have WrestleMania backlash coming up, which I guess is going to be like, hey, here are all the things we didn't get to at WrestleMania. So we're going to try again now. Mm-hmm. That's why we intentionally put WrestleMania in front of it. Uh, you know, maybe there'll be a payoff there. And I get it. Cool. And I'll be happy to see it. But man, it should have been WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. It should have been WrestleMania. Absolutely. Because so like this, this past sorry, Tuesday sorry. on NXT, the Cruiserweight changed titles, but not on their WrestleMania NXT pay per view. 10, like, f- 15 years down the line, when people talk about, you know, great moments in wrestling history, like they always have. You know, mm-hmm. there's those moments that that you remember, especially WrestleMania. WrestleMania moments are at the top of that because it's mm-hmm. what the whole year leads to, and everybody wants that WrestleMania moment. That's your season finale. People aren't going to be talking about, oh, remember that time that Natty and 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 Tamina won the the titles the month after WrestleMania. People are going to be saying, oh yeah, I remember that they lost at WrestleMania, or mm-hmm. they won't remember it at all. Yeah, you know, or it's one of those that people try to forget. Yeah. So, but I personally think that a big reason that this match is unforgettable is I just absolutely cannot stand Shayna Baszler or Nia Jax. Right. Uh, you and I have gone back and forth a couple times where I just think that Nia is clunky and dangerous in the ring. Who else is she going to hurt? Um, and that has nothing to do with her size. It has everything to do with, I just think she's sloppy. Um, Cause we've seen many of, bigger woman look really good in a ring and i just think that she's clunky and she's hurt a lot of people i mean now can she if she were to disappear and truly just work on it and come back she could come back and change my mind she easily could many a wrestler has they have i mean it took Miz years for me to say He's he's good now. He's good mm-hmm. in the ring. Not just mm-hmm. on the mic. He's good in the ring now. Yeah, he is. He's not he's clunky anymore. Terribly underrated. Mm. Uh, you know, I I'm a little bit of an apologist for Nia. I think she gets a bad rap. I think that she's a little underappreciated, and I like that she's different. I like that we have a uh, you know, like a quote unquote monster uh, mm-hmm. f- women uh, women's force. You know, mm-hmm. uh, on the roster. Uh, and NXT, I really, really liked her a whole lot. Uh, you know, I get what you're saying, and I know a lot of people say that. And yeah, there's been several accidents that have happened, but you also got to admit, like, when you're that size, accidents are going to happen, especially mm-hmm. when you're working with people who are sometimes not even half your size. And yeah, you know, you got to learn how to work that way. I, I get it, but you know, I just think she gets a bad rap. I think she's I a lot think better. Another issue is they for. keep making her. Uh, this is going to sound weird. I hope it makes sense. A person to us. 
uh, she's a character. She's they she humanize her too much. Is what they humanize her too much. Yeah, like and and I know the... that I, I I've trash talked events for only liking big monsters, but but with her, if if she were to come in, dominate, not say one damn word, leave. Even yeah. if she had a title on her, if she just didn't say a word, just yeah. I just want to beat the shit out of people. Totally agree. Totally agree. Then I would I, probably be like, just you know, her matches can be one minute. I don't care. I don't need her to talk because her look mm-hmm. speaks for itself. Yes. Um, and a lot of the times when she's on the mic, she's she says really silly stuff. Like, she, how many times has she done the thing about? Do you even go here? When yeah. somebody shows up from another show, do you even go here? You don't even go here. And if you ever hear any of her talking smack or raw talk, whatever it is, stuff like it's silly. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. And she did the she's my still, whole man, thing. She's still not going to be forgot for saying my you know, all that stuff. So I'm with you on that. Like, I hate that aspect of her character. I don't want her to ever talk because I don't enjoy that. Mm-hmm. And Shayna Baszler, I have nothing for her. I like well, I like her more than I used to, uh, but still not much. But that being said, I was really hopeful for Natty and Tamina. So. Yeah. That one was a disappointment. Yeah, your winners and still women's champions were Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. But moving on to the match of the night. Match number three, Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn. Mm -hmm. Now, even though we can say the main event was a really good moment, it was a good match, this was a match a wrestling match and these two have been wrestling with each other for 20 years now almost i mean they know each other better than you and me know each other Mm -hmm. it would be as if you and i traveled through the indies together and into roh together and into WWE nxt together and into i mean we if we wrestled which we have been wrestling each other in pool matches for years now (laughs) so Nobody really knows Josh in the ring quite like I do. Um, but it, it'd be like that, like two best friends who have literally driven thousands and thousands of miles side by side with each other. They know each other better than their own spouses probably know them. And it's it's crazy to think that they even when they get in the ring from ROH to NXT to now, it's a different match. They do have their greatest hits moments that they'll like pay homage to something from ROH or they'll pay homage to something from back in the day for the real fans that have been following their careers. They'll do those little things, but every time they step in a ring, it's different and it's freaking five stars every time, no matter how long or how short it is. Now, unlike Meltzer and Alvarez and all them, I don't put stars on matches. I don't, I, strongly despise Meltzer and Alvarez um but if I were to put a star on matches they would only be Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn matches <laughs> if I had my way um that would be your ranking like is your match as good as KO and Sami Zayn was then you then I'm not going to rank you sorry yeah it was a, it was a hell of a fight uh KO always does those apron spots mm-hmm they make me really nervous. Because mm-hmm. um, God, think of the damage do to a nerve or a spinal cord. Oh. Or, oh, God. And just like the fact that it's like the edge of something. Like you're not yeah. catching like fully flat on yeah. something. Just, oh, you, it could go wrong in so many different ways. But they're professionals and they know what they're doing. 
And KO always does spots like that. So mm-hmm. it looks really cool. It just makes me cringe a little bit. Uh, back to something I said earlier about how this WrestleMania taught me about how out of touch I am with current trends and stuff. <laughs> I don't know who Logan Paul is. I have no idea. You kind of gave me a little bit of a reminder. Count he yourself lucky. Did a bunch of stupid stuff on social media like a lot of other people did. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I didn't understand his purpose in the match. Why was he there? Other than the obvious, like, oh, it's star power, you know? The story that Sammy's been telling for the past six months or whatever since he lost his IC title uh, to Big E um, is that there's a conspiracy. There's a conspiracy against me. Yes. And I think that this character is just, it might be Vince's way of making fun of conspiracy theorists. Mm-hmm. Uh, because as silly as Sami Zayn has come off playing this character, we know of real-life people who would believe in a conspiracy like this with their full heart. And they no matter, do. No matter what the conspiracy is. Maybe it's a recent conspiracy. Maybe it's one from 20 years ago. But these people who believe it, Sammy has tapped into that really well because when i see him out there sometimes on the mic i'm like god i'm pretty sure i saw someone i know post like this on facebook and this they sound this crazy Mm. when they're saying it Mm -hmm. so kudos to him for tapping into it but so that he tried to bring in his best friend ko in on this conspiracy against him like ko you see it right you're my best friend you see what's going on here right and KO's like, no. So Sammy turns to probably one of the bigger names in social media today. He's he's dabbled in conspiracies as well. He's he's boxing with his brother from time to time. He's a, a nerd and a half collecting Pokemon cards all over the country. Logan Paul. You know, he invites him onto the show and he says, You can be my guest at WrestleMania. And I get it, but this match did not need Logan Paul there. Yeah. This was kind of like a Cesaro and Seth. Like, I don't need a story. Just let me watch these two fight for 20 to 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Give them the most wrestling time out of everybody. Yeah. Anytime you book them. So I didn't get the Logan Paul thing. It was. I definitely just a didn't reason get it. To, just a reason so he could stun Logan Paul. He walked out. He sat there. He watched and. He got a stunner in the end. That was probably mm-hmm. the best part of it. Yeah. Uh, which we were all really hoping for that. Mm-hmm. But how could you not get that? You know, that was going to happen. So, yeah. Yeah. But it was, like you said, great match. Probably match of the night. Mm-hmm. Really enjoyable. Loved it. One Except of, for Logan Paul. One, one of the top three matches of the weekend, match of the night, and the victor, KO, Kevin Owens. I think in the end, the conspiracy has to be true, though. Oh yeah, to pay I think in, for the story in, to pay off. Yeah, yeah, it should come true, and KO should be like, "Oh my God, you're right," and I'm going to help you stop it. And then we get the unification of them as a tag team again. That's it for a little while. That's it. Match I'm, number four: the WWE United States Championship with Champion Riddle taking on Sheamus. And Riddle has quickly become one of Josh's favorites of all time, bro. Right, bro? 
Oh, he's like the walking embodiment of Crush from Finding Nemo. Uh, Crush is better than Rip. Um, you know, it's it's sad. It's disappointing because dude, Riddle is a badass. Like he straight is. up, he's a badass. Mm-hmm. And they got this lame stoner gimmick on. Like, if you want to do the stoner gimmick, why don't they at least just make it more realistic? Make it like an actual stoner would act. Like, you know, we mm-hmm. went to college. We know stoners. So we know that, right? Like, we know how they act. And this is not it. Like, this is the worst type of. <laughs> this is a characteristic cartoon, of a stoner. Cartoon stereotype. You know, and he's got the flip flops and the, the birds flying around in his entrance and the bro, every other word and the little. Oh, oh I hate it. I hate everything about it. I hate everything about it. And I wanted Seamus to kick his head off. And he did. And he did. I just wish they would let him be serious. Mm-hmm. It's because more of that gimmicky nonsense that I hate. Just mm-hmm. let the dude come out there and be a badass. And don't force the silly crap on him just because they know, oh, like, uh, he smoked weed in real life. And so let's do this with him. That's what it was. This is probably what Vince's idea of a stoner is. Vince yeah. saw Shaggy on Scooby-Doo 40 years ago. He's like, oh, pal, this is what happens when people smoke dope. And so he meets a person who is, like, big-time marijuana user, and he gives him this gimmick. I assume mm-hmm. that's the way I think it probably played out. But Man. I would just love it if Riddle would be like a heel or something. And like I remember that. when the birds were first digitally put in, I had to rewind my watch because I don't watch Raw live or sometimes I don't watch SmackDown live. I really sometimes don't I don't watch either one of yeah, them at all. Like I, some, most of the time I'm going back and I had to rewind and I was like, were those birds? <laughs> and I was Why? Like, did they I mean, digitally why? put birds in his entrance, like coming out of his ass? <laughs> I don't get it. What is this? I don't get the birds. And I, and I'm indifferent to Seamus, you know. Like, yeah. I'm, other than when he was with Cesaro, it's like Seamus. I can take him or I can leave him. I don't care. But I was big time rooting for Seamus on this. Oh yeah. Um, Riddle could just be so cool, man. Mm-hmm. And he flubbed up. He had some kind of thing with Great Khali. And there was mm-hmm. some kind of awkward flub up. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened, but Kali just stood there looking at him. Yeah. And he's like, well, Kali's no? like, anything? I barely know English and I at least know my lines. It was <laughs> cool. I will say, like, I do have to admit, it was kind of cool to see Riddle and RVD and, like, yeah, I get what they were going for. They RVD's even made, like, yeah, I know, man. Just, they made just, some sort of reference, like, they said something about up in smoke or mm-hmm. up. So I can't remember what they said. They made yeah. a, Stone reference, like a real one, and not bro, 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 bro. Name one person you know in real life that literally, legitimately talks like that. Nobody. Nobody. I know a few stoners, and they don't say bro every word. Vince, it's silly. It's phony. It's fake. Yeah, it's garbage. Like it's it's, it's a characteristic, and you're using this very talented guy to play an image of a cartoon character of a stoner. And like, we know stoners that would probably be like, do we act like that? And we'd be like, no, <laughs> no, you do not. You don't say bro. You don't forget your lines. 
and you definitely don't walk around fly around on scooters and kick your flip-flops off with birds i hate it i hate it every time he comes on tv i mute it Mm -hmm. because i just can't do it bro 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 bro. Um, and even his music is like yeah. Stoner hippie music, mm. like God. I feel like they're insulting our intelligence. I think they do that a lot. Yeah, that's true. I'm giving them too much credit. They do it a lot, not just with Riddle. So mm-hmm. it's nothing personal against Riddle. I'm sure Riddle's a great, a great guy behind the scenes, you know, and he's fun to watch in the ring. He's talented. And, and and he's, you know, he's tough. And in the in in the matches in the ring, he's a badass. Okay? Yeah, he's, he's fun. To he's watch. enjoyable to watch in the exactly. match in the ring. But when when you take that persona and you put it side by side with his rest, like his, what he does in the ring, they mm-hmm. don't match up in my opinion. So that's just that that that's all I got to say about that. Agreed. So Sheamus took the title off of him. Very happy for that with a really cool uh, brogue kick to an upside down riddle. That's cool a cool finish. spot. Busted his look wide open. Oh, and yeah, like that, that's another one that, like, if one cog was out, there could have been some serious injury there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they both played that out really well. Mm-hmm. So moving on to match number five, WWE Intercontinental Championship match. Champion Biggie versus Apollo Crews in a Nigerian drum fight, which we never really got the rules to yeah. the Nigerian drum fight, but I'm guessing our rules are there are no rules. I think it's just one of those things that they're like, oh, we'll figure it out when we get there. Yeah. So this was winner. And new Intercontinental Champion Apollo Crees defeated the the hometown boy of Big E. Didn't I say, like, I had called Big E to win. I thought yeah. Big E would take it, so I, I got this one wrong. But I think when he was walking out, I said to Becky or Madison something like, yeah. oh, I just realized Big E's from Tampa. He's going to lose. Yeah. The hometown guy always loses. The hometown so. guy, when you're building a hill – got to beat the hometown guy and they're yeah. building a hill with apollo uh I, I didn't really understand all the hubbub about the nigerian drum fight i guess other than oh he's from nigeria so we'll work nigeria into we're going match. to beat each it's, other like a drum it would uh okay that's it's a little it was a little forced like they could have just said we're gonna have a Hardcore. no dq match or yeah. a, a, a extreme rules match or or no, you know, but I, I mean, get, you know, you, you want to even use a drum. Not once did anyone get hit with the drum. Oh, uh, you sure? I thought Big E threw one or something one time. I don't think anybody got hit with the drum. And that would have been a great spot. Like someone have the drum thrown over them. Like through their, over their yeah. head. Over yeah. Their head. I, I get it because you want to have. Something other than singles match, singles match, tag team match. You know, like I understand you want to put some kind of little spin, little stipulation gimmick on it, whatever. Um, so I don't really have too much of an issue with that. I just wish that they would be clear about these things beforehand. Like, what is a boneyard match? What is a Nigerian drum fight? And how is it different from a normal match? And why should I care about it? You know, yeah. 
sometimes I feel like that's what they're really missing. Like, here's this thing. Here it is. But but why? You know, what does it mean? That's how I felt about that. So Uh, what did you think about? Obviously, we have seen like Kofi drop his Jamaican accent to progress the character. Like he dropped that to then move on to be the Kofi that we know because he doesn't actually speak Jamaican. Apollo adapting a new accent just to play up this character. I don't want to say it's stupid, but something about it. I'm just like, uh, you know what it is about it that you're that you're not quite putting your finger on? It's what? gimmicky. It's <laughs> fake. It's phony. It's silly. You know, like, ah, God dang it. It kills me because it's really not like he's committed to it and, and he's trying really hard. And like if he were on Black Panther or something, and you know, this will be mm-hmm. fine. But it's just so weird and out of place and awkward. Like it makes no sense. I don't, I don't care for it myself, um, but whatever. Paulo Cruz is fun to watch in the ring, and and I'm down. With well, they're it. definitely doing the work of building a, a successful heel. Yeah, I'm down with that. And then they brought in the what's the dude's name? Uh, he was underground. Sort of like a K. He was dominant. And for a minute, I thought he was one of the redemption, uh, Reza, yeah. whatever guys, the Mustafa Ali guys. Thought it was that guy. And I don't know their names either because I hate all of them. But um, I thought it was him for a minute. But it was that starts with a K. It's going to drive me crazy. Mm-hmm. But he was in Raw Underground. Daba Kato. Oh, Lord. His real name, Babatundi Lukasz Aigbushi. He's cool. Polish. And his new name is Commander Aziz. Okay. And he was in the raw underground mm-hmm. uh, deal for a little while, but you know, like cool bringing in a guy to help the heel and, yeah. and, and, and starting a whole thing. Cool. But the thing that made me kind of cringe about this and like roll my eyes is that the announcers act like they've never seen this man before. Who is mm-hmm. this strange man we've never seen before? Even though he's like nine feet tall, clearly he's a monster. He's got the the hair. You and I recognized him, right? Mm-hmm. From underground. Why would the announcers not recognize him? Why mm-hmm. can't they just say, "Oh, it's Dabokato. Who who knew? He's in he's in league with Apollo Cruz. Oh, mm-hmm. his real name, his actual name is this, and just like Apollo, he's a part of this whole like Nigerian regime deal. Yeah, like." Why can't we just be realistic, you know? Mm-hmm. Why can't we just why can't we just acknowledge that there's history that we all have seen on this television show just mm-hmm. six months ago or however long it was, rather than insulting our intelligence and acting like, you know, oh, he's brand new. We'd never seen him before in our lives. We don't know who he is. Uh, yeah, I get it. So I hate that the hometown boy lost, but I hope that the payoff of making Cruz into He's successful. He'll is worth it. Um, I now think that it's time to send Biggie into the main title picture. I was about to say the same thing. Time to send him up. Yep. Yep. I'm uh, in I'm with all Roman about it. with Lashley. I don't care who Lashley and him would put on a great clinic. I think mm-hmm. um, let's let him maybe get his rematch at backlash. And then with the shakeup, send him to raw. 
let him start fighting Lashley. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be a great match. Yeah, I think they'll probably drag this one out for a little while since they brought the new guy in. Mm-hmm. Well, I could see it going one or two ways. Either that's the end of it, done, it never happened, and Big E moves on, you know? Or they draw it on out because this creates more conflict with Davo Cato and, mm-hmm. and Big E and all that. Uh, so we'll see. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. I'd like for Big E to move on up. Yeah. So before we move to the main events of night two of WrestleMania 37, let's talk about our Hall of Famers for a little bit. The class of 2020 saw the Warrior Award going to very deserving Titus O'Neil. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has done a, a ton of outreach to for the WWE, to uh, small communities, to uh, low-income communities, to people who who just need a smile. Titus, literally, he's like, I don't give a crap about my wrestling career. I just want to use this platform, though, to change lives. Yeah. And he has done. He's just like, you give me the money to do it, and I'll, I will get you all golden stars with the communities because <laughs> that's what he's done. Yeah, we can sort of overlook the fact that he's a Florida Gator for just a minute. Yeah, just for a and minute. And we'll put that aside. But, uh, yeah, he, if you ever hear him talk in interviews and stuff, he just really seems like just a genuinely a sweetheart of a man. And uh, he does so many great things. I was telling uh, you guys about when Black Panther came out, he rented out like a whole movie theater or mm-hmm. two or something like that and took all these kids, yeah, African-American kids, uh, the majority of them were, to go see Black Panther. So they could see like, you know, look, you know, like yeah. Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. You know, like you can be in the number one movie in yeah. the world, you know. He really he, he really what, takes WWE's money and 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 some of his own and reaches out to the low income communities just really to to not bolster WWE or himself he just wants to see smiles on these faces and he just yeah. wants to see their lives change even if it's for a 2 hour movie those mm-hmm. kids lives changed yeah. Titus O'Neil from the WWE came and got them and took them to their own private showing of Black Panther or he one time he even like got WWE titles for an entire like low income group of kids like just mm-hmm. brought them all their own titles just so they could have them in their rooms hanging up or and took pictures with them and I was like good lord he he's he you know he he didn't have the career that a lot of people probably wish to have in the WWE but man mm-hmm. what he is doing is so much more important and mm-hmm. so much at the end of the day, it changes ways, lives in a different way. The impact of his philanthropy and, and the things that he does and the role model that he is, which is super, super important. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have so much respect for that. All of that is way more important than, you know, winning titles and and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's he's okay in my book. Me too. Even though he's a gator. Even though he's a gator. So, also, we saw the introduction in 2020 of the Bella Twins. Rightfully uh, so. It yeah. Was, it was time. It was. It, they they get a lot of 
flag from the wrestling community, you know, because they do come from that that diva era, the 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 models and mm-hmm. you know all that stuff. And so I get it, but they worked really hard and they did have a huge impact on the the women's division, especially mm-hmm. towards the the end of their careers. And um, they made history. They they've been super successful, popular, uh, paved the way for so many of the women and also i i appreciated the fact that years past the bellas were the valets for the old timers coming out to give their hall of fame speeches and now here they are in the hall of fame themselves so they kind of came full circle and they really built a heck of a brand for themselves oh absolutely that far outlasts their career yeah moving on we've got uh the british bulldog which I think you and I both said, like, why is this just now happening? Mm-hmm. Seems like there's a quota, like every year that you got to have a dead guy. Yeah. That they forgot, like another one, a big glaring hole in the Hall of Fame is Vader. Vader's not in the Hall of Fame. So eventually he's going to be the dead guy that gets mm-hmm. inducted, you know. And, some and I understand you can't you, you can't get to everybody before they die. You know, I, that's yeah. not what I'm saying. I get that. But like some of these guys, like Vader, that would have meant the world to him. Absolutely All of his peers have. tell, you know, telling stories about him and sitting there and, and honoring him, you know, at the end of his life after. I mean, he even took the character of Vader into Boy Meets World. Yeah. So, I mean. Man, when we were kids, he was a huge deal. He was a monster. He was so, terrifying. He'll be in one day, I'm sure of it, but yeah. I just wish it had been sooner. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the quote-unquote wrestling god, JBL. Um, yeah. I guess, you know, he's in the Hall of Fame. Cool. Uh, he has had a heck of a career. Um, a noteworthy career. I just... <laughs> It kind of goes to show like those people that you watch in this organization, and we'll talk about it again when we talk about the 2021 induction class next. um, Don't learn their political affiliations and not just their political affiliations. Don't learn how in depth they are into those because it can ruin your fandom for that. And it kind of has with me because JBL, I used to be like, God, I would, I would love to take a clothesline from JBL just to say I took a close the clothesline from hell. And I used to love when he would dominate people, and he was one of the longest running SmackDown champions of all time. Um, and he was in the APA, but you know, the past few years I've just been like, Oh, you're kind of a jerk. <laughs> yeah, I definitely can taint your yeah. uh your view your opinion your appreciation even mm-hmm. of of these characters well and so it's kind of like you. i would normally i would say to someone like you know that shouldn't affect you know like whether someone's republican or democrat you know it, it goes beyond political like it, it's more of like who they are behind jbl yeah. who is his real life character like i don't care normally like i'm like I don't care who you vote for as long as you're you know 
because there are some people who it doesn't matter if, if Satan was running against, you know, Saddam. Both parties have, you know, ride or die, I'm going to vote for Satan because he's my party. <laughs> um, but I just, I hate that I couldn't enjoy it because of how he's been in the past few months. And, of course, the main event of that class, brother, was arguably the greatest faction of the industry. Um, you could put them and DX against each other, the four horsemen. I would say like original early NWO, yeah, yes. for sure. Then it got These to be These four like guys. Half the rosters in yeah. NWO, so. These yeah. four guys. This this NWO. Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Pac, and brother Hulk Hogan. And Hulk Hogan is now a two-time Hall of Famer like Flair. And Booker which, T. And Booker T, which Flair may eventually be a three-timer if they put Evolution in the Hall of Flame. Oh, yeah, and they should. And I think As they, they will. should. He'll be wearing yeah. the, those three rings. Uh, I think they got to wait on Randy to yeah. slow down before they do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and now Batista is like to be inducted. So yeah. he's in that he wanted little... He wanted to do it when, when things. Because he was supposed to be in this year's, and he was like, uh, I can't be there. Because I'm filming Guardians, and also I want to be with a crowd and yeah. thank them personally for what they've done for me. I don't want to do it via satellite. So that was your 2020 uh, Hall of well, Fame you, class. You left out uh, Jushin Liger and William oh, Shatner. Shatner Jushin, and the Celebrity Ring. Uh, Jushin Liger. Jushin Liger was huge in Lucha and WCW. Um, he was, I think he had the longest tenure in New Japan in history. I think, like, because he only has recently anybody broken it? Nobody of this era so. has broken it. He only recently stopped wrestling. I think, I don't know if he's fully retired or not, but I know that he stopped regularly wrestling very recently. It's crazy, but yeah, he's a legend. I, I remember, mean, I remember a lot of his WCW matches back. I in definitely did not mean to forget Jason Liger. Um, but let's go on to the Hall of Fame class of 2021. Now we William had to, Shat- sorry, yes, Shatner. You think William Shatner holds the record for the oldest person to be inducted. Yeah, he's 90, oldest living person. Yeah, we just found out Shatner's what 90. Uh, yeah, doesn't look it. No, he does not. If, if, if I'm looking like that at 90, I'll take it. That's crazy. So the they had to do the 2020 this year as well because of COVID. It was all pre-taped and that was you know canceled last year. They didn't even do a Hall of Fame, so they did both of them this year. So now we are getting into the actual 2021 Hall of Fame. Now, the um Warrior Award went to uh, it was a employee, wasn't it? Yeah, he's like uh Yes. He I think is he the, holds the record for working for Vince longer than anybody. Yes. Senior Vice President of Government Relations and Risk Management, Rich Herring. More than fifty years working for WWE. He helped expand the company from a regional to a worldwide promotion. Cool. So definitely, 
definitely uh, deserving. And it's really cool that they got a, you know, a company like he's just an employee. Now he's not, and I don't mean for this to sound bad. He's not, you know, someone who's outside of the company who's, you know, just been a fan for a long time or is battling a disease or has worked with the company in the spotlight. This guy is not in the spotlight. Nobody knew who he really was if you're just watching, unless you know the ins and outs of the company. And for him to win it, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Molly Holly. It's about time. Yeah, not even a question. Yeah. Two-time WWE Women's Champion and one-time WWF Hardcore Champion. I remember. Molly Holly. Yeah. I remember Molly Holly in WCW mm-hmm. when she was with Medusa and the Macho Man. And I believe it was either her or there was another girl in the group called, uh, oh gosh. I think Molly Holly went by Miss Madness. Mm-hmm. Right. And then there was a, there was Gorgeous George and Gorgeous George George. had a match with Charles Robinson, Little Nate. Little Nate. It was like Slambery 1999 or 2000 or something like that. But that was my first introduction to Molly Holly. Gorgeous. So I knew her from that first and I remembered her showing up at WWF. Mm. So up next, Eric, easy money, Bischoff. Say whatever you want about Eric Bischoff, and lots of people do. The man deserves to be in the Hall of Fame based on the fact that for 83 weeks, he took it to Vince McMahon and he dominated the wrestling world with it, with, with Nitro. He came up with the concept of Nitro. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, there's probably some questionable things here and there. You know, I don't know. I wasn't there. Uh, but you know, you get those reputations for a reason. Uh, but I appreciate the fact that he's responsible for my first. I was a WCW kid first, you mm-hmm. know, so I I appreciate Eric Bischoff because of that. If nothing else. Well, he was also a one time WCW hardcore champion. The first general manager for WWE's Raw brand Mm -hmm. and the creator of the Elimination Chamber and Raw Roulette, where wrestlers spin the roulette to see their stipulation of their match. Storyline only, he didn't actually uh, come up with the Elimination Chamber. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, I, I think of when I think of Eric Bischoff, obviously, I think about the all the nwo stuff and him mm-hmm. hanging out with hollywood and his road wild road wild match against jay leno and he used to do the thing where people listening can't see me where he put his little fingers on his cheeks and twisted and did the little little shitty and grin smile thing uh you know he's a great character he's mm. a great performer uh i don't know how much of a great businessman he is or not uh, but you know he was successful for a long time. He was so very well deserved. And I always think about that when he when he showed up on Raw and him and Vince had that hug. You know, like you never ever thought yeah. you would see something like that happen. The fans are like, oh my god, it's that's the end great. Times. That's great TV, man. Mm-hmm. That's great, memorable, impactful TV. Absolutely, and of course the great Kali inducted. 
uh, one-time world heavyweight champion, which made him the first Indian world champion in WWE, and 2008 Slammy Award winner for damn moment of the year. <laughs> where he yeah. hosted the Kiss Cam on the November 7th episode of SmackDown. <laughs> uh, uh, I think this is yeah. deserving just it because is. He's, a, he's a gargantuan performer and he just alone the fact that he survived this long because gigantism you don't live very long it's true um the fact that he's still alive and still you know willing to do this kind of stuff and he seems like a fun guy in india he is over like grover uh obviously Mm -hmm. uh like he's huge 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 over there uh huge fan base popular he's like our undertaker yeah yeah or or like hulk hogan you know he's like Mm -hmm. the hero as far as wrestling goes um but for him to be the first indian world champion you know like you said for that alone i think he deserves to be in the hall of fame Mm -hmm. and if we have a hall of fame considering like the analogy i made earlier like if wwe is the coke of wrestling you know it's all encompassing mm-hmm. um and you got a hall of fame of wrestling then the great colleague should be there yeah absolutely the whole damn show r v d finally inducted into the hall of mm-hmm. fame one-time wwe champion one-time ecw world champion six-time wwe intercontinental champion four-time wwf slash e hardcore champion one-time wwe european champion and the last hardcore and european champions before the belts were canceled one-time wwe tag team champion two-time world tag team champion one-time ecw world television champion two-time ecw world tag team champion and 2006 mr money in the bank i mean what more can you say than that you know that's a hall of fame worthy career all day long and twice on sunday Mm. and i guess he was he the first person to ever do the throw the chair do the spin kick thing yes was he the dominator yeah there you go um the celebrity wing of 2021 saw Ozzy Osbourne added to the Hall of Fame. Oh, Ozzy didn't look good, did he? No, he doesn't look good, dude. Yeah. I really, honestly, I think it's a matter of months. It's going to be a sad day. for us. It'll be a sad day in the, the world of rock and roll. Uh, as far as celebrities go for the WWE Hall of Fame, if we have to have a celebrity wing, which I feel like it's totally unnecessary, mm-hmm. um, I'd rather <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne be going in than, you know, some of the other jokers we got in there. And Drew Carey, uh, our former president, is a member of that wing of the Hall of Fame, uh, several others. So if we have to have it, okay, fine. Yeah. And the main event for 2021, Knoxville's own mayor, Glenn Jacobs, a.k.a. the devil's favorite demon, Kane, one-time WWF champion, one-time world heavyweight champion, ECW champion, two-time IC champion, one-time WWF hardcore champion, one-time 24-7 champion, which he won in the checkerboard end zone of Neyland Stadium. That's right. The night we were there to watch it. That's right. That's right. Yes. Go balls on that. 
two-time WWE Tag Team Champion, nine-time World Tag Team Champion, one-time WCW Tag Team Champion, SmackDown's 2010 Money in the Bank winner, two-time Slammy Award winner, uh, Best Family Values in 2010 for beating up Jack Swagger, and Match of the Year in 2014 for the Survivor Series Elimination Match. But most cumulative Royal Rumble match eliminations in the history of WWE at 46 and most Royal Rumble match appearances at 20. Uh, who were all of his tag team title runs with? Uh, Say Taker. Mainly Taker. RVD. Uh, RVD. Did he do one with Big Show? He did do one with Big Show. I think it's Show, Taker. Daniel Bryan. RVD, Daniel Bryan. And there was, some, there was another one that I cannot remember. But he has had a lot of partners. And very deserving. I mean, we knew that eventually Kane would go into the Hall of Fame. Um, I, I'm not shocked that it happened this soon, but at the same time, I'm kind of shocked that it happened right as he's become mayor of Knoxville. I thought it'd be more like maybe in the next five or ten years, you know, a little down the road. Because... Uh, him and Taker are going to go in together as well as Brothers of Destruction, obviously. One day. Oh, I would think so. Well, then again, I don't know. I, I I can kind of see them liking the idea of Undertaker being in just as the Undertaker alone, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, we missed a couple. Mankind and uh, X-Pac. I can't believe I forgot X-Pac. Oh, yeah. I, I, loved, him and Pac. I loved X-Pac and Kane. And Hurricane. Ooh. Totally forgot about that. I did too. So, heck of yeah, a career. Absolutely. Totally well deserved. He was, he terrified me when I was a kid with the, the original mask and, and the original Kane get up and the voice box. You know, Thank you, Mr. McMahon, <laughs> or whatever it was he said. Uh, yeah. I'll always remember early Kane. And of course, it's now he's our coming Undertaker, your brother Kane. Oh. Of course, our our mayor of Knox County over here. So yes, yeah, Mayor Kane, Mayor Kane. It's just it always feels like once someone's in the Hall of Fame, it, it sort of feels like oh, that's over. it. You know, there's exceptions to that obviously Goldberg's been back and Edge is Edge now is back currently back. You know, it happens, but just sort of feels like that's the yeah. end when they do that. Yeah. And 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 I didn't think that uh that he was going to officially do that yet. But yeah, I thought that we'd get a surprise before he ran for mayor. I thought he's got a few more years in him. Then he ran, and I was like, oh, well, <laughs> now he doesn't have years in him. <laughs> yeah. He's going to get that mayor gut that every mayor gets, and he does have the mayor yeah. gut now. He, yeah. <laughs> and uh, he's a politician, so. That he is. That's what he is now. That he is. Moving on past the Hall of Fame. To our co-main events, match number six, the WWE Raw Women's Championship match. Champion Asuka versus Rhea Ripley. I have been waiting for Rhea to get her moment for so long now, especially since last year 
she got the screw job of the century, a screw job that I compare oh. to the Montreal screw job. Come on, man. The fact that this hot, on fire talent who just captured the NXT title barely in a blink of an eye ago had to lose to Charlotte Flair in her Prince Vegeta <sighs> attire and all was garbage. It kills me that you say her name like Charlotte Flair like that. Dude. Okay, come on. Charlotte, Charlotte Flair, Flair is Flair. quickly becoming the John I'd, Cena no. of the Divas division. I completely disagree. Before you know it, she'll be a 22-time women's champion and then and that'll just be her fifth year in the business uh so she's about to get to that you're gonna um, tell me charlotte has had more if not less she I, it might be less she's had she's had more matches uh on main event pay-per-views and stuff like that than sasha this past year and y'all gonna tell me that charlotte's so overexposed and all that she's had just as much tv time and matches as girls like Sasha, Becky at the time. And she's good. Like she's she's the best technical will not take wrestler away her talent in the ring. That there is. But it's just maybe there was, was because leading up to the man, it was all Charlotte Flair. And it was over ex like watering down to me what she is because it was all Charlotte Flair. And I understand that like Becky was still building who Becky is. And so was Sasha with the boss. And so they, they see Charlotte and she's like, okay, they're like, okay, right now this is who has to carry this division. But then eventually we got to a point where we didn't need Charlotte to carry the title every second of every day. And even if she jumped Raw, SmackDown, Raw, SmackDown, Raw, SmackDown, they would throw the title on her. And it just felt like last year that was Rhea's moment going to NXT, which last year I called it. I said she would win and go to NXT to beef up the NXT Diva division because it did need it at the time because we didn't have a Shotzi Blackheart yet. And so it didn't need it, but I just, there's something about it. I don't dislike her when she's actually wrestling. And she did cut a really good promo the other night mm -hmm. on raw. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, and maybe it's just for the fact that it's a running joke now with us and with me and Logan hounding you about charlotte flair because she was going to be in that title match before she got pulled and you were saying no it's not gonna be oscar and charlotte it's not they were going in that direction and we called okay. it months before and you know i admitted i said okay maybe that is what they're gonna do but dude charlotte is a star and she's the the best in-ring performer in the women's division, my opinion. Okay. Um, and when was the last time that, you know, you said, oh, they keep putting the title. When was the last time she held the title? 
She took it off of uh, when she came back from NXT. Did she take a break after NXT or did she drop it to... Uh, she dropped it to Kyrie. No, she didn't drop it to Kyrie. She had to relinquish it. She had to relinquish it. The NXT title. Yeah. And then okay. she showed. But like one of the, the Raw or SmackDown title? When's the last time she had it? I can tell you. It's been a long, long time. It's been nice. It's been Sasha. It's been Bailey. It's been Becky. It's been Oscar. Right? So you cannot sit there and tell me. And when she's had months off at a time, she's overexposed. She's the John Cena of the women's division. That's I completely disagree with that. In I think that's funny. She has not been overexposed. I will I will reallocate the phrase to before 2020 she was overexposed in my opinion i was just okay they're gonna put the title on her they took the raw off of her while she's about to go to smackdown and win it don't worry so yeah i guess in 2020 no she hasn't had a belt it's like she said in her promo dude like She's not taking opportunities away. She is the opportunity. And that match with Rhea has left. Say again. How long do you think she has left? Because we know that women's well, careers, especially if they go hard, like these women's, yeah. like, like Becky and Sasha and yeah. Bailey and Flair, they're shorter careers. I would definitely say that there's less in front of her than what's behind her. Yeah. You know, I hate to think that though. That they, they don't get to experience the longevity. But in that time, dude, she's done some truly like legendary things. Oh, she's a Hall of Famer through and through. You know, and Ric Flair or not, she has built a career based on her own ability. Okay. And yeah, the Ric Flair thing, no matter what anybody says, does help. You know, we can't, we can't you just, can't, you can't, you ignore, can't ignore that. Like yeah. definitely... It helps, it helps that you're the daughter of Ric Flair, obviously. But I'll be even, even without say that. it got her in the door. Yeah. But Charlotte has kept herself in the room. Yeah. Yeah. It'll definitely be intriguing to see what the rematch looks like if they let Rhea keep it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's I can't remember the last time that we've had like two fresh new up and coming champions at the same time at the same time yeah they can't both be champions forever uh, and i'm sorry if you at any at any point in the past two or three years if you at any point especially aew fanboys who only bleed aew and don't think that there's any other wrestling out there and aew can do the exact same thing that wwe did but AEW did it better, even if they did it shittier. That's what it's like talking to a strictly AEW fan. If you are saying that they rely on old blood and you did not watch this WrestleMania, then you can't say that anymore. Because yeah. both of their women were in NXT two years ago. Mm -hmm. And they are holding the titles. There was no Cena, there was no Rock, there was no Goldberg, there was no Brock, there was no um there was no Charlotte. God, not no even Becky. two years ago, like one year, not even a year ago, right? 
Like, when did Bianca move up? Bianca was technically NXT when she was in the Rumble last year. So a year ago, she was in NXT. Debuting in the Rumble as an NXT star. Bianca was. And so was Rhea. Rhea had that little stint at WrestleMania last year as the NXT Women's Champion. You know, flash forward a year, the young guns are holding titles. Maybe it's an unpopular opinion. You know, I have those from time to time. And, uh, you know, my man Jim Cornette also disagrees with me on this. I think Charlotte beating Rhea Ripley last year was the right call. Because I think that a rematch between the two of them, the buildup for that, you know, has a lot of potential. And when Rhea beats Charlotte, if she beats her, it just makes that payoff that much more so, satisfying. Are Cornette and Flair on good terms? Um, yeah, I guess. Uh, he, he doesn't really talk much about Flair. Mm-hmm. But uh, he... So he thought Rhea should have retained? Yeah. Yeah, Cornette loves Rhea Ripley. That's like his number one uh, female wrestler. Well, hell, listen to the man, Josh. I agree with him. He's just not, he's not, she's not big on women's wrestling, you know, and he tries to deny that, but he totally. He's a bit of a. He. Yeah. Yeah, like he had issues. Like he loved uh, Bianca and uh, 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 Sasha. Like he loved the match, but he's like, oh, you know, it shouldn't have been the main event. You know, two girls shouldn't be in the main event or whatever. So. You know, I don't agree with everything he says, but part of the reason why I love him so much is because he says the things that I'm thinking and that frustrate me so much about a lot of the other stuff. Mm-hmm. You know. So if you can't tell, Rhea Ripley won the championship from Asuka, so that was now two young gunners won their women's championships with Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty exciting. I was really excited. I, I called Rhea in this match. I knew it was going to happen. Yeah, me too. Uh, however, we did think that there would be a cool little payoff at the end of it. We thought that with her defeating Asuka, who Becky handpicked to carry on the legacy of the title in the time of her pregnancy and a little bit beyond, we knew that Becky had it three months ago, the child. And... Wrestlers, if they're serious, they bounce back pretty damn quick. Other than human be- normal human beings do. Um, we thought, what if? What if she's celebrating and all of a sudden you just hear that, whoa, and she just stands at the top of the ramp and just mm-hmm. stares at her. Even just, just, the, just the appearance. Just even, the appearance. They could nope. they could not have to wrestle for another three or four months. But yep. just the, oh, I'm, I'm watching. Don't forget about me. I'm Don't here. Don't forget. Yeah, I gave that her would have been title. Cool. It would have been really cool. She did her part, so I'm putting you on notice that I'm still the man. Uh, yeah, I'd like to see that, but you know, I, I kind of wonder if she will come back. Will she come back at all? Because what is there left for her to do? Not much. She's done it all. She's won the Royal Rumble for the women. She's been a dual champion. She She's held both WrestleMania. She's main evented the main event of WrestleMania. There's not she, much more Becky can do. She drove a monster truck into the performance she center. Steve something. Austin. There you go. I mean, what, what more much, can you ask for? What more do you want? You want to give a rock bottom to the rock? 
next. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess since since we have like you know twenty three different titles, yeah. When they invent, she could be the, the first woman to hold the U.S. or the IC. Well, even better when they create the intergender tag team championships. You know, she oh, and the, Seth can be yeah. a team and, and win that. The inter the mixed the, tag, specifically mixed tag titles. The the raw mixed tag team titles, yeah, not the SmackDown ones. You know, we'll say no, that for later. both brands have to have their own mixed tag titles. We got to have more titles. Yeah. That's what we need: more titles, more titles, not better talent, more titles. That's what we need. Yeah, let, let's let's w, that's good shit, pal. You know what'll really make being a champion mean a lot is if there's a lot of champions. Yeah, a lot of belts and opportunities makes this brand even better. I'm opportunities. I'm the champion, so I'm the best. Well, you're like the fifteenth champion we have. One of the best out of like half the rest of the roster. There's then too many titles. Like Zack Ryder creating their own. Oh, yeah. I'm the internet champion. Woo woo woo. So Rhea wins big moment. Then we get a funny little moment, of course, with our pirate dressed uh hosts titus o'neill and hulk hogan and bailey comes out in her her karen glory uh with her new character ding dong uh bye bye excuse me huh what yeah you you heard me uh she's really playing into this i feel like she's having the time of her life as well with this character so she interrupts them and i was like who's coming out i thought it'd be someone like a becky or it'd be mm -hmm. some really cool moment but it was yeah, and no dish, the the bellas was was cool because it is kind of like we're still the bellas and don't disrespect yeah. the hosts yeah you know well, we're still twin magic i don't think that nikki is allowed to ever wrestle again mm -hmm. so letting her have that you know little brief physicality Throwing, there yeah in her hall of fame weekend you know it's big for that's cool i get it the forcedness before we get to the main event though could you feel the forcedness of putting Hulk Hogan and Titus O'Neil together as co-hosts. Oh man, I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah, of <laughs> course I did. Obviously, it was it was awkward. I felt like, and apparently they're like they're good now, you know. Apparently, so well, they that's say. Good. Maybe Great. Hogan actually nutted up and uh, apologized. My opinion. Do we really need a host for WrestleMania? No. Do we really need them just to come out and say, hey, guys, it's WrestleMania, and then make little forced appearances for little mm -hmm. comedy bits, you know, here and there? Do you know what time it is? It's WrestleMania. Oh. I did not know that. Dang. Josh, did you know that it's WrestleMania? I thought we were going to see Phantom of the Opera tonight. <laughs> if Hulk Hogan didn't tell me that it was WrestleMania, brother, I wouldn't have known where I was at. Uh, I, I, I don't know. It it's just more of awkward. It's more of that, like, Let's just force more people into it so everybody's got in front a spot. Of the camera. You yeah. know, uh, let's put everybody in a match. Let's put these mm -hmm. guys in the host because they don't have anything else to do. Like when the New Day were the hosts and we were there. The only people, the only person we were missing in this WrestleMania was a damn moment from Farouk. Yeah, you're right. We didn't get a damn moment. Yeah. Or a Santino moment. Yeah. It's a shame. Next but year, though. Next year, we'll get even more people in front of the camera. I feel like I'm just way too picky, man. Maybe that's no, no, it. No. But, you know, the host thing just feels so pointless to me. 
I, I understand. Just a filler spot. But moving on to the main event of night two, the triple threat for the WWE Universal Championship match, which I have my own opinions about. When are we going to get rid of this stupid title and bring back Goldie? First of all, uh, not going to happen because it's just the fact that it's universal. It's like that storyline in the game champion of champions title. When they combined the, it's like 2k 10, I think, or 2010 RVS 2010, you could be the champion of champions. So we got to see the champion Roman Reigns take on edge and Daniel Bryan. Great match. A lot of excitement, exciting pops and moments and, oh, God, moments. And we got to see some concertos and we got to see quite a few spirits from Edge, actually. Edge Uh, looks strong. Edge looks really good. He can still go. Like, if last year you were like, okay, he can go with Randy because they're best friends and they worked that and pre-recorded it and all that. And that's great. Okay, this was live in front of an audience and edge could still go with the likes of Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan edge looked fantastic. Yeah. Uh, we also had that really cool spot where they had the double cross face on Roman. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of popped for that. Like telling each other, like, let go. No, you let go. No, you let go. This was my fault. Started headbutting each other. Um, Which I thought Daniel Bryan was going to refrain from using the flying headbutt. He did it twice. I get it twice. Um, I mean, I I don't know if I know they had said that like that was part of Benoit's problem. Mm -hmm. Uh, Swelling. Yeah. So I don't know. It looked like he landed safely to me, though. Yeah. Danny Bryan's, you know, he Overall, it was a fantastic match. I thoroughly enjoyed it. They all three mm-hmm. had great moments. They all three told the story in the ring very well. And Hill Roman is a success. Oh, for sure. Uh, I was I was happy with it, and and I was also really proud to say that like I I predicted exactly how it would end. Mm-hmm. I wanted Roman to win, not because I like him better than Edge and Daniel Bryan. Out of the three, he's my least favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted him to win. I wanted him to win in a dominant fashion. And I even said, I want him to put them, pile them on top of each other and pin them both. Mm-hmm. I'm the man. I'm the big dog. I'm the head of the table. Nobody can stop me. These are two, two of the most beloved mm-hmm. guys. As far as fans go, Daniel Bryan and edge mm-hmm. fan favorites. Everybody loves edge, you know, and he just beat them both. Mm-hmm. That's 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 great heat for a villain. That's oh, yeah. how you make a villain like further cement his his uh, turn to the dark side when he yes. beats these two loved heroes. Kylo Ren had to kill his father. Exactly. Darth Vader had to kill Obi Wan. Exactly. 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 Reigns had to pin two of the most beloved names in the business. And I want. I want to keep going with this. I want The Rock to come back, and I want him to beat The Rock. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's Edge and Daniel Bryan. That's one thing, but The Rock? 
because I mean it, that's that writes itself because he could easily come back and be like, so I hear you've been calling yourself the head of the table, right? Let's not forget. I mean, the promos write itself. Who was over here clanging and banging for so many years just to get you an opportunity? You know, I mean, one thing right now about WWE that is missing and that it's lacking among a lot of things in my opinion but like when we were kids in the attitude era dude everybody was a star mm-hmm. dx and um stone Triple cold, H and, stone cold and the rock and jericho like they were stars right they were over there's no stars like there's drew mcintyre maybe but eh, you know it's not the same there's just something something that's missing like there's nobody to genuinely feel like invested in and, and to root for mm-hmm. Bianca Belair for us. But I feel like it's, we're a little biased because of the yeah. whole hometown thing, but like, you know, like there's nobody like that anymore. There's no true heroes. And John Cena, even though he made me crazy was the last the one last like one. that really. Mm-hmm. Okay. How, what better way to make the ultimate hero than to have someone who comes in and we've got Roman Reigns here who has beat the people we love. He beat Edge and Daniel Bryant WrestleMania. He even beat up The Rock. He's got, hopefully, in my wildest dreams and fantasies for wrestling, which is relating back to a point I made a long time ago, I want that heel faction. I want that stable with Roman at the front. We got the Usos and Tamina and Naomi and Nia. He's got that wholesome Owen faction, killing everybody, dominating. And we've got this hero show up. And he's the one to take Roman out. Mm. That's your hero right there. You know, mm. that's what I want more than anything out of WWE right now. And I, you know, I would venture to say right now, that's Drew. But Drew has been such a great heel in his own time that I don't think he can be that hero. I think it needs to be somebody new. I think mm-hmm. it needs to be like if there's an NXT guy that they have big plans for or, or maybe somebody who hasn't even shown up yet. I don't know. I don't know who it is. I, mm-hmm. I'm not thinking of any specific person. I'm just saying whoever that next guy is to hold that brass ring, you know, in history, we talk about the Stone Colds and the John Cena's and the Rocks and those those household names that mm. carry the company. You know, they're synonymous with the WWE. Yeah. We don't have that right now. As great as Drew McIntyre is, he's not on that level for whatever reason. My opinion: you got this badass heel Roman Reigns dominating everybody. You bring Building this guy up, his family, that, exactly, and that's your hero. But you know. Not that I'm like some brilliant wrestling writer book or whatever, but I would even have seen a return to get put down by Roman Reigns. Yes, 100%. Exactly. I mean, I even if Cena showed up at SummerSlam, like Roman, like I handed you the keys to the castle and you're, you know, you're destroying everything and you're you're the head of the table. Like, then he destroys him. Yeah. And next WrestleMania, he destroys The Rock. Maybe I'm maybe I'm missing something here. Maybe that's just too simple to me. That just sounds like the way it would work. Uh, you know? It sounds like a successful Star Wars trilogy, or Lord of the Rings, <laughs> or you know, yeah. 
I mean, it sounds like those stories we read and watch, like he's, you know, the Thanos and we need an Avenger. You know, he's exactly he's the dark like, side and we need a Superman. Thanos is the perfect analogy. Like, even though he had his own reasons that he felt justified in eliminating half the population of the entire universe. Right. You can't get much more heat than that. <laughs> you know, <I> can't. <laughs> and then when Tony did the thing, you know, Tony was the ultimate hero. Mm hmm. That's how you do it, guys. Like, I, I I feel like the stable thing that I want so desperately. Like, why is that so much to ask? And it sounds like that's clearly such a great idea because we know about all the family connections and stuff. And if why you seriously, even after Mania, it's too good to be after true. next Mania, the Raw after next Mania, have the Rock come out and stand behind Roman. Like you're right, you're the head of the table now. You beat me. I lost. I didn't get it done. And then you have the entire family standing behind Roman. The old ones, the newer ones, the younger ones, they're behind Roman. And literally the Roman Empire, the head of the table, the, who can beat the Roman Empire? I mean, you've got almost two solid years of stories to tell with that alone. Yeah. You've got a franchise, basically. But heck, you know, what do we know? What do we know? We're just fans. That's Screw just, us. to me, that's just how you tell a dang story. That's how you create a villain. That's how you create a hero, mm -hmm. in my opinion, in my experience. But, you know, I, I, I'm dreaming of this stable this faction this Samoan faction the I don't Samoan think it's ever world order I don't think it's ever gonna happen like maybe that's just too easy maybe mm -hmm. Vince just like he didn't see the the appeal or the money in Sting versus Undertaker as my eye twitches as I say that <laughs> like maybe he feels that way about the idea of a, a stable maybe he wants maybe. it to, you know the focus should just be on Roman and he doesn't need all mm -hmm. that stuff but man it'd be cool and you have Tamina and Naomi and Nia dominating the women's division too, making them so big bad heels. When that's an when Jimmy or Jay or whichever one comes back, they dominate the tag division. Yeah, uh, Jimmy, I think is the one Jimmy. that's missing. Um, yeah, but like that's a way to create tag team heroes taking mm -hmm. out the Usos, women's heroes taking out no yeah, Naomi, you Nia, create Tamina, your own Avengers faction. That's it. That, what a great concept a for a, for a Survivor Series too, mm -hmm. like a mixed a mixed gender Survivor Series match with the the Samoan stable versus you know the whoever heroes the Revenges whatever. <laughs> so I couldn't agree with you more, man. I mean, I think that's that's such good stuff that when two K twenty two comes out, that's what we'll do. There you go. That's where we'll create it. 2K, I'm going to give you another chance because the yeah. game looks amazing. It's us so far. Man. Still plenty of time to muck it up, though. Yeah, that's true. We'll see what pre-order bonuses <laughs> they offer. Now, if it's Bad Bunny with the special Bad Bunny title belt, that's going to eventually be a thing, probably. And I'm in. I got to pre-order it. I'm just It'll kidding. be interesting to see how they handle the 24-7 title in the game. Oh. Good grief. 
if like if, that. for instance, if I if I bring Christian Storm into this game, and I'm the twenty four seven champion, is it going to automatically have me run in and cut scenes, running from people, getting ro- schoolboyed? I mean, there's so much they could do. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just I'm waiting on Michael Cole to be the twenty four seven champion. Ooh, you know. Michael Cole. Ah, uh, but what classic do you think? Michael Cole. What do you think of first off the amazing story that we just told in a matter of minutes that WWE obviously needs to listen to this and get this and write it down. All all we want from you is a thank you and to do it. You don't have to give us anything. <laughs> You know, just we used to us. say that we used to say that Vince was hiding outside mm-hmm. our window, stealing our ideas because you know we had these ideas for stories or characters, and yeah. something similar would happen. Mm-hmm. Man, I can only hope that that's happening now. I hope so. I hope he's sitting outside our window or secretly in our Zoom room, like that's got shut pal, like yeah. writing down stuff. Oh, why didn't I think of that? I've got the next two years of mania planned. There you go. It's done. <laughs> done. Thanks to these two nerds. Thanks. Just send me a commemorative title. Like, send me the the million dollar title replica, so I don't have to spend a ton of money on it myself. That'll be thanks enough. And I'll take uh, an old school uh, intercontinental. Thank you. Or mm-hmm. I'll take big gold. Big Thank gold you. will be good. That'd be good. But what do you all think, nerds? How was Mania for you? What do you see coming down the home stretch with? WrestleMania backlash because that's not our normal backlash we get. That's our normally just a backlash, which is technically a lot of follow ups for Mania, easily written because you just do backlash from the previous pay per view. But they literally are calling it WrestleMania with the pirate flag <laughs> backlash. So to me, that sounds like do-overs like the same matches again yeah it's what it kind of sounds like and i really hope that's not it i i know for sure that this time we'll at least get uh oscar versus rhea ripley versus charlotte Mm -hmm. as the as a little bit of a difference how do you think they handle roman do they both get a rematch i have no idea maybe we'll see just edge and daniel bryan for mm-hmm. a little bit, you know, because who got, well, they both got pinned, but Daniel sort of pushing his way into Edge's big moment. You know, I could see that and, and they would have some Killer awesome match. barn burner matches, I bet. Yeah. And then that can lead to another Roman match, maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? But let us know. Hashtag 30 and nerdy pod on Twitter, 30 and nerdy pod at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts on mania, where we're going forward, uh, your likes, your dislikes. Do you disagree with how we felt about Bray and Orton? Do you agree with how we felt about Bianca and the boss? Let We want to hear you. Juice, it's getting late. We both have to work tomorrow. You've got minds to mold. Yes. Thank you so much for joining tonight. Anytime. I'm sorry I ranted about Bad Bunny for 30 minutes. I enjoyed it. <laughs> now I'm passionate, might, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm you passionate. You might move forward now with less uh, 
angst in your heart now that you've gotten it out. Yeah, I feel better. You feel better. Yeah. So tomorrow's going to be, a, you've been holding on to it. Kids are at school. Like, why is he in such a bad mood? A weight <laughs> has been lifted from my shoulders now that I, I've, I've, I've sent that energy out to the universe. That's true. That's how it works, uh, man. Yeah. Well, brother, thank you so much. Thank you. And nerds, cheers to you. You've been listening to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast, the flagship show of Badcast Company Productions. Thirty and Nerdy Podcast is an alternate reality radio show, a member of the Legion of Independent Podcasts, and part of the Council of Nerds. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Join in on the conversation using the hashtag 30andNerdyPod. You can find us and other amazing podcasts at podchaser.com by searching The Apodalypse and PodNation. Got something to say? Email us at 30andnerdypod at gmail.com or find us at 30andnerdypodcast.com. This has been the 30andnerdypodcast. Cheers to you, nerds. Nerds.